Welcome to Game Face episode 168. We are back. We are live on Twitch, ready to stream to you guys tonight. Uh, last week, we did a pre-recorded episode, mm -hmm. one of Game Face's only 1080p episodes. Yeah. Sam, was... Sam was too busy in paradise. <laughs> it made my life hell. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> say that. I... Yeah, that was a long upload. Oh my God, dude. Not only that, like I, I got back and I had to assemble the show. I didn't finish assembling the show until like three in the morning. And then there was 17 gigs. Wow. Yeah. How it, big is it normally? Uh, usually the final episodes is like eight or nine gigs, mm. but that's in 720p. Yeah, the, that resolution makes all the difference. Yeah, and so usually I can set it to upload and I get up the next day and it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. Not the case with that episode. So when we start shooting in 4K. Yeah. <laughs> We could. These cameras are 4K, but yeah, oh my God. Like, no one wants to see us like in 4K. Like 10 minutes is like 5 gigs or whatever. So, And nobody even mentioned or seemed to notice that it was a 1080p episode. Not a single comment was like, oh my God, 1080p. <laughs> whatever. So No one's impressed by 1080p anymore. It's 2019. <laughs> Apparently not. It has to be 4K or, or bus at this point. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It was a ton of work. Uh, I think it came out pretty good ultimately. Uh, so uh, we're back streaming here on Twitch. We'll be back for the foreseeable future. I think uh, Sam's little uh, three-month-long semi-hiatus is over at this point. Yeah, he's, he's at that age where everybody's getting married. Yep. Everybody's he always has stuff you got to do, and so I totally get it. But uh, he should be back for a while. E3's coming up in just like three or four weeks, which is like yep. mind-boggling. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of E3 stuff in this episode, but starting next week is when we'll really start ramping up. The excitement for it. We'll start doing E3 previews for publishers and things like that to get you guys. should be hitting leak season. What'd you say? We should be starting to hit leak season. Yeah. Yeah, usually like a week and a half, two weeks before the show. Oh, that was stuff. some stuff like a month out before like yeah. last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Last year's was almost, had almost no surprises left by the time. No, you're right. Today. Actually, you're right. I, I'd forgotten about that. Hopefully it doesn't happen this year. I like to have surprises. I think mm. you guys like to have surprises. And uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, some bookkeeping stuff. Um, we'll be drawing for the new Loot Crate this week, and in fact, once again, we'll be drawing two winners because we have the hardest time giving stuff away. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, one of the people who won the Loot Crate from the last drawing, we gave him all month to respond. He's not responded. So we're going to give that one away, plus we just got a new one yesterday. Uh, so for look, look for that in the next couple days. We'll be picking the winners for that. And again, that's for the people who are pledging at 20 or more per month. So thanks to those people, and someone is going to be a winner here in the next couple of days. In fact, two people are going to be winners. If you're watching this show on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you have Adblocker turned off so we actually make a penny off each one of you that watch it. And that's literally what it is. It's like a penny. Uh, but it, hopefully you have Adblocker turned off. Um, and if not, if you are blocking ads, it would be great if you could help us out with Twitch Prime. The instructions are down below. The long and short of it is uh, you can give us $2.50 for free every month as long as you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. So help us out. It would be awesome. It would be even better if you donated to our Patreon and pledged at our Patreon. That is money that we can count on, usually. And we can make decisions based upon that. The other stuff is like, it's different every month. We can't really count on the money, but uh, with our Patreon, we generally can. So we'd appreciate it if you could check that out. Most importantly, this episode is brought to you by our sponsor. Yes, we have a sponsor. And I know you guys 
or probably all at the age where you're starting to think about buying your own house or buying some property, and that's exactly where our new sponsor comes in. Uh, DeShazer Ryan Realty has been leading Northwest Montana real estate sales for over 30 years. It's family owned and operated with the knowledge to help you find your own unique piece of Montana. Visit www.deshazerryanrealty.com and there you will find every property currently listed for sale in Montana. Or you can call 406-293-7706 and ask for Doug to get the ball rolling. Um, these pictures that you're seeing right now is an actual property that he is selling in Montana. Uh, enjoy the breathtaking mountain views of Montana on three and a half acres and less than 10 minutes from town. Property borders, the property borders a county maintained road with access to tons of wildlife. It's priced to sell at $39.9. And if you aren't able to reloc relocate to God's country, don't worry sifters, Doug DeShazer specializes in finding you the perfect real estate agent for the job no matter where you live. He facilitated homes, home and land sales in California, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and many other states. Feel free to email Doug with any questions at DeShazerMT at gmail.com. That's DeShazerRyanRealty at DeShazerRyanRealty.com. Yeah. And I will say, as someone who got his realtor down here from a recommendation from another realtor up in San Francisco, uh, don't don't sell the idea of realtors recommending other realtors short because they know who's good. They do. And they know who's like, bad too. Like that, and away. their networks go far and wide. So I, yep. I, would, I would say as someone with ex actual firsthand experience, like it probably is worth asking him, no matter where you're buying something, yeah. if you're looking for a good realtor, it's always worth asking someone who's been established for as long as he has been. Yep. They, know, they know stuff. Yeah, they do. It's crazy. And like I said last week, even if you already own a home, Montana is a great place to invest in real estate because you can go there when you want to and then you can rent the home out during the mm -hmm. whole year. Now with Airbnb, it's even easier. Uh, so it's kind of a, a good way to build wealth if you're looking to do that. Yeah. And as you heard from the price of the property, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. And when the water wars begin, <laughs> uh, it's going to still be a pretty temperate climate up there. So it's going to be good. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's get on with the show proper. We're going to start things off with Days of Play. And I have keep calling this something else, Days of Games or something. I don't know why. Mm. The, uh, Sony has it's some no other... It's no UB Days. Oh, I keep calling it State of Play. State of Play, yeah. Yeah, instead of Days of Play. Was State it, of was Play is something that? else. Is it something else? Yeah, that's mm. why I keep getting it confused. But anyway, Days of Play is Sony's take on the Nintendo Direct. It, I mean, let's just be honest. They basically stole the idea from Nintendo, and they're doing pre-produced video segments as replacements for press conferences. The first one was a huge disappointment. The second one, not so much, Matt. More stuff. Yeah, a lot more stuff and a lot more high-profile stuff. And we're not going to bury the lead here. We're going to talk about, hands down, the biggest game that they showed, and that was the Final Fantasy VII Remake. It had been, what, two years since we had a mm. look at this? Yeah, this is State of Play. State of Play. Yeah. Days of Play is a... Days of Play is... Is like an event they do. Okay. There's going to be a limited edition PlayStation, but they announced Days of Play, that stuff, during the State of Play. Right. Okay. So... <laughs> Whatever. May, maybe, I don't know, different words. <laughs> yeah, it might be a Sony. good idea. But regardless, I would argue that the second edition of this delivers. Uh, the first new footage. What of was Final the first? I don't even remember the first one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It had like two or three videos in it, and none of them were for games that people cared about all that much. Definitely a different case with mm. this one. Um, arguably, probably top five most anticipated games right now, period. Um, 
You mean Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, yeah. the remake. Keep anticipating. Yeah, we keep on Long anticipating. Way out. And as you can see, the video is already over because they only released 51 seconds of new footage. It's only been five years. Yeah. <laughs> give, them, give them time. So, yeah, so apparently it, it's going to be episodic still. Yeah. We're going to get more information at E3. So I'm assuming in Square Enix's press conference, because Sony's not having one, and it's, as yeah. of right now, it remains a PS4 exclusive, it sounds like. Uh, until it ends up on the PS5. Right. Well, yeah. But I'm I mean, sure, it, it, I'm sure that pretty much this means the same thing, though. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. What, uh, what struck you about this new footage, if anything? Um, well, it looks like they definitely, you know, it was hinted at in the previous footage, but like back in the announcement, but it looks like they really are just going straight up. They're just taking the Final Fantasy 15 combat system and sort yeah. of grafting it onto this, which is too bad. Um, looks nice. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, because as someone who doesn't really think Final Fantasy 7 is all that good, um, I'm curious to see if this is any better in the sense that if you take that story and don't run it through like a 1997 era localization translation filter and like use like modern, pre like, you know, modern, you know, localization. Vernacular. vernacular. <laughs> yeah, if, if you make it a little more, yeah. and also like with characters that have, you know, fingers and mouths, like I felt like the, 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 the stylization of the original did not do it any favors. Uh, the MIDI was terrible. It was screechy yeah. and weird, despite the fact that it's one of the best soundtracks in the series. And despite the fact it was on CD-ROM. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> um, but, like, I'd be interested to see sort of, like, you know, this is more of a, uh, a, a, a retelling of the story with, like, kind of the, the production values to do it justice. Or at least, at least the scale of it justice, because I felt like it was struggling against sort of the pre-rendered little screen-by-screen -screen thing. Yeah. It, it wasn't able to get as large in scope as I think uh, they were trying to be and I think you got a, a better taste of that in Final Fantasy 8 which I know people don't like but like the way the backgrounds could move while the characters were moving and like that right. battle between the gardens where everything was moving. Yeah it really felt like it, it got the scale that 7 was going for but just couldn't because it wasn't you know they just didn't have the tech there yet. Yeah. And uh, so I'd be interested to see, I'm interested to see what that is, what, what this becomes. Um, Do you think it'll be a, like a word for word no. trans? I don't either. Like, I feel like they're going to have to truncate a lot of stuff. No, I feel like it's going to be bigger. Really? I feel like they have to if they're going to make three games out of this thing. Like, I mean, I don't know where they're going to split the different episodic things, but I feel like this thing's got to be expanded tremendously. Like, So you think it's going to be something that just lives on for like 15 years or something? No, but I think they're going to do like, I think they're going to maybe more or less break it up in terms of uh, discs. You know, it was three discs. Right. So I think I would expect the first game to take you to the end of where they leave Midgar, and the second would be chasing Sephiroth around, and then like the third one would be like uh, you know the final the final push mm -hmm. up to up to the pole. Right. And um, but I think you have to ex to make each individual episode a satisfying kind of arc. You have to like it's already pretty much there for the first you know the, the Midgar part is sort of its own self-contained story in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Um, you, I, think, I think that's advantageous to them because you can kind of pretty much sort of graft the whole Midgar story into one like episodic full, full game and you can kind of get away with that. Um, it's a cliffhanger, but like it still feels like a whole story. I mean, that's what told. you want in episodic yeah. games, though. But it still feels like you were told a whole story. Like the Midgar, when they leave Midgar, you feel like you've kind of got a... a everything's kind of happened and like you feel pretty... Okay, good. Uh, end of disc one, we've, we've done it. It's an act one, but it also had its own internal story, and it works. I think they're going to have to do a lot more work to make the second and third parts, assuming they're doing three, but they might, might do more, who knows. 
Um, they're going to have to do more work to make the more open world stuff feel more uh, satisfying in that regard. But I think you can you can expand all that stuff, all the all this stuff where you get the different party members out in the world can you know be a much more involved and in kind of thing. I don't think it's going to be word for word at all. I think they're going to be you don't build like a, that giant city with all those people running around without like expanding out the entire city and giving you more places to explore. I mean. If they're doing it right, I mean, I don't know, Square Enix, they could always just bunt. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, I, <laughs> It seems to me if you were going to make this game the way it appears to be and cover the entire plot of that game and it's episodic, it literally could take like 10 years. Could. I mean, just, hell, just the fact that it's three games and they're supposedly pretty big game, like full-size games, Square Enix doesn't do shit overnight. Yeah. Like this, I mean, you really could be not playing the end of it. Mean, I know people that are like, Oh, I'm not going to play it until they finish all the episodes <laughs> and release it in a physical version You'll in one big thing. You're going to play it in your retirement. I'm like, yeah, I'll see in 2028. <laughs> like, You'll I don't... playing it in a nursing home. <laughs> like, this, this thing's going to take a long time. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm starting to think, though, that the first episode or two might be coming this year. That seems optimistic, but I, so? I, would, I would maybe not be surprised by the end of fiscal, so maybe early next year. Because it has been like five years. Yeah, but they kind of started over when they, they, when they moved it in-house again. I'm assuming they didn't throw everything away, though. I don't know. All those, all those character models are different. They are different. Like, yeah. they, they changed a lot. Yeah. It, do you like it better, the change? Do you like think the changes were good? Yeah, I think so. Like, the, 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 the premiere stuff, like, felt like it was a little too slavish to uh, Nomura's original designs with yeah. the, the pointier noses yeah. and stuff like this and yeah. and the kind of like pal more pallid skin and I think these this the new footage I think they look more like actual people agreed so yeah. I think I think it is an improvement yeah I'd agree with that I do think though that this year I think we're gonna see something I would hope so considering they did this and then they're gonna talk about it again at e3 like if you're not announcing a release date for at least the first episode Period. I mean, never mind even if it's this year. Like, you got to tell us when this comes out. Yeah. Like, even if it's next year, at least we have a date to look forward to being delayed. Yeah, because, it, you know, I wouldn't blame anybody for wondering uh, before this if the game was ever coming at all. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, been forever. that's totally understandable that someone might think that. But here it is. We got another 51 seconds of yeah. footage. Although it is notable that, like, every all the footage is only from the very first, like, literal very first scene in yeah. the game. Like, Which is why, again, I think that they're concentrating on getting that first part of the game mm -hmm. done, and then maybe they move on, which is why I think that there's a chance that we could see first episode maybe in the fall. I mean, I would hope that the, the episodes... I mean, they've talked about how they're going to be full games. Like, I think they're going to try to charge full price for these things. I think you're going to pay $180. Oh, people will pay it. I, that's exactly why they're doing it. <laughs> They'll pay I don't it. see any reason why this has to be episodic. I don't like, either. I, I, think, I think you can... I mean, it would be a big project. and It would be, you know, a lot of, a lot of work. It would take longer. But I still... I don't see any reason you need to make this, make this three games. Like, open world, RP, open world, like, epic scale cinematic RPGs come out all the time. The other like, thing, too, about doing episodic is it, it kind of changes everything. So, inevitably, in a story, you have parts where they're where you're traveling or you're with a group of people and it's very hard to create any type of tension or as you had said, a cliffhanger when there are those moments in every story. So inevitably you end up having a couple episodes and in fact the latest episode of Life is Strange 2 is like this where it's like nothing happens. They're just hanging out mm -hmm. and they're talking and it's, you have to have it, it's important and it develops characters but it doesn't exactly get you excited to plunk down your cash for that next episode either. So yeah, middle middle acts are hard. They are hard, it, particularly when I you're mean, trying. All, all writing is hard. Yeah. But middle acts are tough because, like, when you're doing a self-contained thing like that, because you can come away from it feeling like you're not. 
fulfilled. And TV shows have that problem too. Like they the do. middle episodes of seasons often sag. Yep. Especially when you're not driving towards a conclusion or something. Like you just got you know, or like you know, it's like it's like how people. It's like kind of like how I see Thor: The Dark World. It's like it's like issue seventeen of a ongoing comic series. Like nothing important happens, nothing exceptional occurs, but an issue had to come out that month. Yeah. It's like it can feel like that. Although even like, like Life is Strange too. The, 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 I, as I understand it. It's gonna matter later. Yeah, absolutely. But like, it, hopefully, most people have subscribed to the whole thing, and they don't have to think about whether to buy the yeah, next yeah. one or not. I think that's what they're counting on. And but, I think that's absolutely what will happen with this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're guaranteed sales on this no matter what. Yeah. Just because sure. you've got this built-in fandom for it. Yep. Uh, and this thirst for it, um, unless they completely screw it up and the first one's terrible, um, which it could be. Like, I don't that's know. True. Like, yeah, you know, I hope they. I mean, depending on your impressions of Final Fantasy XV, that's a very real possibility. Yeah. Well, I, as we all know, I think Final Fantasy XV is one of the worst things I've played this generation. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't really think that. I don't. I'm not really bringing that that opinion to this. Sure. Because, yeah. um, well, ironically, because I also don't really like Final Fantasy VII, but I think Final Fantasy VII is just sort of an average game, yeah. I, I, especially after VI, which is still the best Final Fantasy. They're never going to top it, just accept it. I think most um, people agree with you. A lot of people definitely agree with that. But um, the, only, the only PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy I have any sort of affection for is nine. Um, yeah, I thought nine was great. Yeah, which is because it came back, kind of came back to the roots yeah. a little bit. It, it, it stopped being more... It became less... Like a response to the popularity of Evangelion, and became more about let's do Final Fantasy. Again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, it really did. Like, I. Well, like, they really changed him. Oh yeah. Well, they had to. He because... almost doesn't even look black anymore. Barrett. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he is. In the new footage, though, I mean, he looks it there in the old stuff. In the new footage, though, he almost looks white. Does he? Yeah. Sam, you can roll that. Uh, that. First trailer that's in the rundown there, but yeah, he they changed him the most of any character from the first time we saw this game to the second time. They I, they have definitely lightened his skin without a doubt hmm. compared to the initial footage that they showed. But uh, well, I definitely wouldn't. Um... They show a close up of his face here in a second, and you can there pause it right there. Ah, it's too late. I think it's just the lighting. I don't know, no, man. He's, he's very. I can see he's very clearly brown. He looks pretty close to white to me. If you looked at that other footage, he was very clearly brown. I think that's just lighting. Yeah. They changed his whole model, though. Yeah. His well, face, facial they, structure, everything. Well, they got to change a lot about him to get to do that. Because, like, I mean, I don't think, like, walking, talking Mr. T stereotype is really yeah. going to fly. This, I mean, at the very least, I don't think he's going to talk the same. I, um, love, I still love Mr. T. I love Mr. T, <laughs> but, like... I just, I just don't think... 1997 version of Barrett's gonna fly. This, this yeah, probably not. Particularly the version that was created in Japan during different yeah, times. But we'll see. I, I, it's <laughs> gonna be interesting to see how they make a story because, like, a lot of those old RPG stories only really worked because they were text. Yeah. And you could like kind of make them make sense in your head. Yeah. And um, or like at least make the, the lines work. So like how they are gonna pull it because like. I've never been impressed by any of the you know, more cinematic level stuff they've done with Final Fantasy VII. Certainly Advent Children is one of the biggest piles of nonsense I've yeah. ever seen. Um, I mean, the visuals are amazing. Yeah. Like, really cool, but like, it uh, doesn't make any sense. Crisis Core was nonsense. Same. Like, yeah. it's, we'll see, you know, I don't know. Like, I'd like <laughs> to think that they're expanding it and making it into something like a really more, a kind of, you know, explore, exploration of the world and more of a, an immersive experience, but like, you know, what, you, you know. I honestly would have been okay if it was turn-based. 
Oh, I, I would totally not have hated that at all. No, not at all. No. Remade the game. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why. I don't know why they seem to think that remaking this game has to turn into like this crazy like action RPG. I don't yeah, get it. Like I don't. Know. It didn't have to be this hard. It really like, didn't. And it would have. You're right. It would. The development would have went a lot more quickly. Yeah. In fact, it might have been out by now. Yeah. <laughs> like in all ser- like all you needed to really do was make Final Fantasy VII look like Final Fantasy XIII. Yeah, pretty much. Done. Like everyone would have been fine. Reap, with that. reap the profit. Yeah. It could have been easier. Like, no one asked you to turn it into, like, Mass Effect. Yeah. You know? Like, it's weird. It is weird. And that was one of the things I thought they might change when they kind of rebooted the whole project. Mm-hmm. But nope. No. I. It feels like Square is really shying away from, like, a turn-based idea. Like, like it's... I mean, I'm not a huge, like, proponent of keeping things turn-based if you don't have yeah, to. But I just, I just don't see where you're going to... Improve Make things. Make the game better. Here. It's like yeah. it's like I don't think the people that want have wanted a remake of that game forever hated had that in mind. That. They, yeah. you know, <laughs> exactly. Like if you loved that game enough that you want to play it again in a new form twenty some years later, you're probably not. Yet. But you know what? I would like to change about it the base element of how it plays. <laughs> it's like it's probably not. <laughs> probably not a good move. All right. Uh, next up, Predator Hunting Grounds, a asymmetrical multiplayer predator game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teaser for this is literally like 20 seconds long, so they didn't show much of it. It is a PS4 exclusive. It's being published by Sony, which I found to be kind of strange. Um, does Sony Pictures own the rights to Predator? No, Fox did, and so now Disney does. Interesting. I'm wondering how or why Sony locked down this IP. I don't know. But it seems like, I mean, they've got the music from the movie in the trailer, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm interested. I mean, obviously, we don't really know anything yet, but... No, just that. Just what I said. That's pretty much all we know. Oh, and I think it's coming in 2020, yeah. I think they said. But otherwise, that's all we know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it seems like maybe it's kind of the Predator take on Dead by Daylight. Yeah. Like it looks like it's going to be one of those digital-only releases yeah. that you download for 25 or 30 bucks or something like that. Um, but it is good to see Sony announcing a new PS4 game. I'll say that yeah. much. And we don't get those very often anymore. Uh, as we're starting to wind down PS4 and getting yeah. ready for PlayStation and 5. multiplayer focused at that. Yep. That's unusual for them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, next up, and this is the game that probably impressed me the most of all the ones that they showed, and it's called Away, the survival game. Mm. Horrible name. <laughs> and when I tell you the premise of it, you're probably going to think it's really stupid. You play as a sugar glider, which mm-hmm. is basically a squirrel that can fly, yes. <laughs> for lack of a, a more scientific description. And it may seem silly, but this isn't your typical play as as an animal in the wilderness game that your kids are going to play. This is like survival of the fittest, Darwinism, real real terror, real real intense situations as you play as this little creature in a big world full of predators. I thought it was the most interesting thing that was shown during this, and no one else agreed with me because it did terrible on Sifted as far as views is <laughs> concerned. Uh, but this game, to me... What was that one game that came out not long ago? You didn't play it. Did you play as a crab? Um, it was a Wii game. Oh, you mean Deadly Creatures? Yeah, Deadly Creatures. Scorpion and the Tarantula? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the game I was thinking of. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a survival game, but like uh yeah, it had that sort of animal eye view. Animal yeah. eye view of a a heist gone wrong with Billy Billy what was it? Billy Bob Thornton was in that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Billy Bob, that's right. Billy Bob Thornton and, and uh, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. They got they paid for these crazy yeah. voice actors. 
<laughs> and then, I mean, there there is a scene in that game in which you, as the scorpion, get to sting Dennis Hopper in the balls. <laughs> to QTE. Nice. Like you, you how crawl, else can you do it? You crawl all over him and like you just sting him all over and like and like that's how you. He's like a, it's like a boss battle. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> That game should be saved from the Wii. They should they should port that to the Switch. Yeah, remaster. Yeah, remaster Deadly, Deadly Creatures. Creatures. <laughs> but this looks a little more serious. Uh, certainly better production values than that game had. Yes, yes, a little bit. It looks more fleshed out as well. You play, so. a, you play a cuter animal as well. Yeah, so I'm actually pretty excited about this game. Yeah, it looks interesting. I, mean, I feel like we don't get enough stuff like this. I feel like most of the stuff like this is announced by uh, by Michel Gondry and then never comes out. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this concept piece that never actually yeah. sees the light of day. So, pleasantly surprised by that game. Pretty. You know what I'd like to it. play? I might, I, maybe people remember this from like the old Apple IIe game game days. But there was a it was like one of the edutainment titles for it, and it was like you played as a T Rex. And it was like a survival game where you just walked kind of to the right and you yeah, had to keep, I do you remember to keep that it vaguely. fed and you yeah, had to drink yeah. <laughs> and you had to make sure you didn't fight things and get hurt. Like, it was like the first Tamagotchi. Yeah, it was like a really hard survival. It was like it was like you got killed real easy if you got wounded and like got infected. It was, it was actually pretty detailed, but it was just like a 2D like kind of simulator game. I would love to play like a, a T-Rex simulator like that, like where you have to be a predator and choose your fights and not, not, a bad idea. not get hurt. And if you get hurt, like you, you know, if you get hurt and die before you get to breed, because if you die, I would do it like if you die, you live on in the, in the offspring of your character, of your animal. Yeah. And then like if you die before you can mate, like game over, like your, your save gets erased. Yeah. Well, also your species gets erased. Well, just you. <laughs> and if you last long enough, you get to see the meteor land. <laughs> and watch everything die. <laughs> yeah, it all, you know, also with uh, Patrice Desolate's um, Ancestors of Humankind Odyssey. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kind yeah, of a yeah. similar sort of angle, where, but you're playing with primates yeah. trying to evolve, basically. Yeah. Into I mean, the, the, the real trick on this one is, is, like, sugar gliders are adorable. They are. And yeah. they can glide. Yeah. Which kind of really adds a more interesting game element. For sure. So, yeah. I, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely not, like, something that I'm, like calling my friends up about oh, no, it, but, no, it's like, no. <laughs> but it's definitely something I'll keep an eye on like it, it's it's the most interesting survival game in in the pipeline I would say yeah there you go because I normally don't like survival games we'll give out that award at E3 <laughs> <laughs> most interesting survival game in the pipeline I'm the, the the sad thing is that's probably gonna be a really crowded category well, the sad thing is Patrice would come up to me at Packers party and like punch me in the mouth <laughs> so <laughs> uh okay next up uh, this is a game that we we did know about, but we got a better, actually, really the first look at it, and mm. that's Medieval. This this has been announced for like two years. Yeah, right? like, and yeah. all we have was that little, and we're gonna end up seeing little dinky teaser trailer. But this is the brand new story trailer that they just put out. Uh, the initial teaser trailer they put out for it showed basically nothing. Mm. This really shows what they've been working on. I'm pretty impressed by this. Yeah. Were you a fan of the original? Eh. Yeah, that was one of those games that I feel like people. Force themselves to like it because they had nothing else to play. There was play. nothing else happening at the yeah. time. <laughs> and my like, friends would be like, oh, I'm playing Medieval. And I'm like, why? It's sort of like how you had to like Blasto because it came out right near where Finn Phil Hartman died. Right, right. And, like, and you're like, well. Like, well. <laughs> I can't say this game sucks, right? <laughs> I like Blasto, okay. But it was one of the, it was like that period where, you know, Sony was really fumbling to find like kind of a mascot like for the PlayStation that, that, matched up to anything. It was like the one place they were really falling short of Nintendo yep. was sort of putting a face on their brand. And they were just throwing anything against yeah, the wall. Yeah, It was that, yeah, that going up. They, they went for... Bubsy. There was Bubsy. There was uh, uh, Oddworld to some degree. Yep. Um, uh, it, and in the end, you ended up with Crash Bandicoot. But, uh, yep. 
Well, you can't win them all. Nope. <laughs> you definitely can't. Not when you're talking about Crash. But look, you know, Crash just was remade and it sold extraordinarily yeah. well. So they def- definitely had their audiences. There's some people out there who definitely love these games. I'm not. I'm not one. I did not like Medieval. Um, I'm hoping that with this revamp that they can kind of smooth over some of the rough edges mm-hmm. from its original release. But I'd like to see remastered is uh, Maximo. Oh yeah. So we're talking about games no one heard of, no one remembers with swords and armor. Yeah. Um, and boxer briefs. Yeah. But <laughs> Maximo. Yeah, I guess that's also in common with that, huh? Yeah. He's got like Sir what's his name? What's Sir, Sir I don't remember. Sir I don't remember. Yeah, that's, that's I think that the, is his name. It's basically the 3D take on Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah. Is what Maximo was. But you're right. It was well, I meant the this guy, the medieval guy. Oh, oh. he's Sir something too. Oh, is, you're right. He is. Yeah, he's Sir. I don't remember his name, <laughs> but I think he also wears boxes. He does. Under yeah, there. he does. Yeah, that's weird that we drew those parallels between mm-hmm. those games. But for those of you who don't know, Maximo is like the 3D version of Ghouls and Ghosts. It came yeah. out for the PS2. Did it come out PS2. for Xbox? No, it's only PS2. Yeah. It was the. It was Maximo. Uh, Ghosts and Ghost Glo- Ghosts to, to Glory, Glory. Yeah. and Maximo versus the Army of Zin. Yeah, which was actually the second one's actually really good. They were hard. Yeah, they're very. I mean, hard. they they carried that pedigree over from the original. Yeah, they were legit. Um, Not as successors, hard, but hard. Yeah, yeah they didn't relatively. You, they didn't make you play the game twice on one quarter. Right, but um, <laughs> yeah, I guess no game could be as hard. No. Like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Do it again. <laughs> like, ah, I mean, that. <laughs> Yeah. That's not what New Game Plus means. Yeah. Uh, but look, Medieval is one of those games that's going to see the PS4 off the pasture. It's going to be one of those last games that people play. I think mm-hmm. it's great for that. I mean, it kind of fit, you know, with, if you got a Crash collection and a Spyro collection, you might as well have a Medieval collection. Yeah. Or is this just the first game? The, I think it's just the first yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's like the other, like uh, Spyro and Crash, unfortunately. But I didn't even know there was a second one of these, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, there's definitely Medieval 2. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't like the first one, so I just completely tuned it out, I guess. But the game's looking pretty good. I mean, all these remakes that they've been doing for PS4 have been, like, great. Yeah. I mean, I gotta hand it to them. And they're... it doesn't take them six years, like Square. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're just, like, putting a B-team on this yeah. stuff. The games have been like, good. Like, that's, so. that's the weird thing. It's like, you could have just done the Crash Bandicoot thing with Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And it would have been fine. It would have been fine. Yeah, for sure. But maybe we'll be wrong, and the, the Final Fantasy VII remake will be far better than the original. Yeah. I hope. But we'll see. Uh, next up, as Matt mentioned earlier, they announced a brand new limited edition uh, PlayStation 4. I'm confused, though. I'm not sure. Is, and it is called the Days of Play. The event you get the limited edition PS4 is Days of Play. Yeah, and maybe that's why I'm so confused, because this PS4 is called the Days of Play limited edition mm. PlayStation 4. I have not figured out yet, though, is it a Pro, or is it the new? Is it the PS4 Slim? I don't know. It looks like a Pro? looks like a Pro. I think it's a Pro. But they don't market it as that, which is weird. Maybe they're mm. just now, it's like the Pro is the yeah, PS4. Maybe the Pro is the PS4, and like we're moving to the PS5, and they're just sort of trying to make it less complicated. That is one ugly console. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. There, is, there has actually not been a single limited edition PS4 this generation that I thought looked good. Yeah. Like, they all looked awful to me. 
I don't know why. And like even when like the brandings of like stuff that I think is I like and is cool, I just don't like how they did it. Yeah. It's so weird. like even like the God of War one, I just I just didn't like the design they put on it. I don't it? like pretty much any game specific console. I just mm. don't. It's like I don't want to pigeonhole my console to one game. I like the Resident Evil Four Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Or was it five? That was just—it was just blood red. It's got to be five, I think. It was just blood red. Yeah, yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, colors are okay. If it's mm-hmm. just a color, whether you like the color or not, that's obviously up to. I your think face. it had like blood effects, like splatter. See, I hate that crap. I hate when there's like like the God of War one had like a big axe on it, mm-hmm. or like a Batman will have the, like the bat symbol. Like I hate any consoles like that. I just like clean. Typical consoles, multicolor, fine. Other than that, I kind of draw the line. Majora Tom says it's a slim PS4. It's just not a pro. That looked like a pro, didn't it? Kind of. Yeah. Because the difference is the number of shells, right? Yeah. The, well, the, the Maybe pro the has, new Slim has the same... Same design. Uh, the Slim has two. Well, normally, the Slim has two, and the Pro has just three. Just the one. Oh, really? It's like three shelves. Yeah. yeah. It's taller. Okay. So that's a base PS4 there, folks. Yeah. Still ugly. <laughs> I don't need one. You know what we could have done is just looked at the controller to tell if it was That's a pro or... But it wasn't on, so you wouldn't be able to see the light. Yeah, okay. if I could be blinded by the light shining through the top of the controller, we know. <laughs> a, we know it's a pro. Uh, Monster Hunter World. Iceborne was also in there. Mm-hmm. Looks like a gigantic expansion to Monster Hunter World. It better be. It's 50 bucks. Set in the... Yeah, $50 for it. That's yeah. crazy, dude. I, can, I don't know if I can think of... Final Fantasy fourteen maybe? Had expansions that expensive? Yeah, yeah. But not otherwise, common. it's asking. <laughs> and and look, it does look like a pretty big departure. Just the mm-hmm. Arctic environment. Yeah, it's it's almost a whole new game, really, like a whole new section. Why wouldn't you just make Monster Hunter World two? I think because you've got an established player base, and they're they're still going strong, and they're you've got high engagement with like regular you know regular events and timed events and limited limited time events. I would be curious. They're still, to see they're how still many... getting t- marketing tie-ins with it. Yeah. I mean, they're still making yeah. money off of it. Like, I'd be curious to see how many people are still playing it. I w- I loaded it up the other day just to see how it was looking, and I still don't like it. But um, I find it still find it impenetrable, impenetrable and annoying. But there were a lot of people. Like it was you very easy to get into really a match. Easy. It was yeah. not a problem. PS4 anyway. It was, I just know people not... were talking about it on Sifted for a long time after it came out. Like and saying, you know, I'm playing all the DLC, oh, yeah. but now it's just kind of that talk has disappeared. I still know people that are still playing. I mean, the Monster Hunter community. They they know how many people are going to play it and keep playing it, and a lot of them will come back for this. Like, I did it once. We try. Don't underestimate the Monster again. Hunter community. They'll they'll uh, they'll make it worth Capcom's while. Yeah, I did that with Monster Hunter Try. I stuck around and played yeah. it for a long time. No, this, this this series is not for me. And like, then I felt like I just didn't need to do it again. <laughs> it's like I get it. I have played enough. I had played like two hundred hours or something like that of it. It's like I understand it. I would frankly rather have Dragon Dogs Dragon's Dogma two. I agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, and then finally, the last game that they showed is a game called Riverbond. And uh, Riverbond is coming to both PS4 and PC. It was previously only announced for PC. And it's a voxel-based, isometric, cooperative action mm. RPG. Um, but it also, it kind of, it's USP, it's unique selling proposition, is that it has characters from, like, tons of indie games. Mm, so, like, okay. the character from Guacamelee is in there. Um, there's, like, four or five different characters from mostly indie games uh, that you can play as. Uh, but that was just... I think this is the first thing they showed, which is weird to kind of kick something off with something like this. But uh, 
Well, it's not something. It's not really a closer. No. Well, yeah, but you kind of jam it. If you look at the rundown in Game Face, you'll see how we do things. It's mm. like start with something big, and then in the middle, like after that, you have a couple kind of middle of the road topics, and then in the middle, you want something big, and then you want to finish with the big flourish. And I mean, I'm sure they shows like this probably could benefit from that sort of a strategy as well. But it, it's just kind of a, a small indie game. It looks like it's it Sony has a console exclusive on it, but. Uh, or at least a timed console exclusive on it. So overall, what do you think of, of Sony's second attempt at a Nintendo Direct? It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with it. Like certainly, as much as I was disappointed by the first one, I was pleasantly surprised by this one because the first one had set expectations and precedent. Um, and maybe that was the plan all along, to blow us away with the second one. Doubt it, but maybe. Um, and so I think how bad the first one was made this one all the more sweeter. And if Sony can bring that kind of interest into each one of these, that's pretty good. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm guessing we're going to get another one of these in like three weeks. Even though they said they're not going to do anything around E3? Yeah. I think they will. Like, uh, I just don't know how you can sit there all week. Watching all this happen and not do anything. Like, I just can't well, comprehend I mean, the, that. The, like, another one would probably be actually announcing release dates for Last of Us and, yeah. like, Ghost of Tsushima. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. If, if Like, if you had that, why wouldn't you just do that at E3? Well, you save a lot more money by yeah. not doing it at E3. I don't know. And they have tweets, you know, something today about how, like, Last of Us is in its final stretch of production. Yeah. So... The timing's kind of working out. It it should happen. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. I don't know. I think we might see like their the next one in like July. Really? You really think they're just going to completely act like E3 doesn't exist? I mean, that's what they said they're going to do. Like, who yeah. knows if they're actually going to do it? But yeah, we'll see. I'm holding out hope. I'll put it to you that way. But man, vast, vastly improved from the first installment in this. So yeah, it still not, doesn't really have a whole lot of stuff I'm interested in. Um, I mean, it's stuff, kind of stuff I'm, I'm morbidly curious about Final Fantasy VII. Predator, I'll keep my eye on if they, when they talk more about it you know, next year I just year watched the uh, latest Predator movie with Olivia Munn. Oh, my God. It's not good. It is one of the worst movies I've seen in a long, long time. It definitely, definitely feels like about four different drafts of the script all smushed together. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. So bad. <laughs> they never made any sequels to Predator. It's fine. It yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> It's just one movie. Yep. Just like RoboCop. Yep. Uh, so anyway, like I did, like I said, we are ramping up for E3 a little bit in this episode. And one of the topics that came up is the fact that Netflix, Sony's leaving, EA's left, Microsoft is only kind of there, mm. but here comes Netflix to E3. All right. Were you surprised by this? I, I guess. Like I don't I mean, I don't know if surprise is the word. It's more like. Puzzled? Yeah. I'm like, what? All right, sure. Why not? Fine. I mean, I guess I, I, I can. My only guess is that Bander, Band, was it Bandersnatch? Bandersnatch. Yeah. That, For those that, you don't know, Bandersnatch is an interactive show on it was, Netflix. It was a Black Mirror episode that you it was like choose your choose own your own adventure. Basically. Yeah. A bunch of different endings. It was. It's kind of like Until Dawn. Yeah. Um, yeah but live action. Yeah. And my only guess on this is that they're, that that was popular and got a lot of traction on social media. So I would think that if they're going to E3, maybe they're going to expand that strongly. Because there was another there's another um, series they're doing where one of the episodes in the new season is going to be is going to be like that. So th this seems like maybe that's a new initiative for them. So maybe that's what they're talking about. 
Because it, it's kind of a game. They like did put out one quote. They said that they're coming to E3 to figure out how to turn their properties, more of their properties, into games. Oh, I mean, that's a very business dev, biz, biz dev legitimate reason. Yeah. They have a, like an hour plus presentation on Keeley's stage mm. um, during the show. Uh, so they're, they appear to be going all in. So it sounds like maybe that Stranger Things game turned out okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it hasn't come out yet, right? No. Yeah. But like, if they're if they're moving forward on that, maybe they must be happy with what that turned out to be. Yeah. I mean, one thing I would say though is Stranger Things is the obvious win. Right. If you're looking at Netflix's properties, it's one of the first ones you would say, yeah, that should probably you'd adapt that. And, I mean, that should probably be into in what they're doing. There, I know there was a Telltale game in the in the planning stages. Yeah. Like it all that all makes sense. But what about um, what what are some of Netflix's other properties that would make good games. Black Mirror, obviously. Black Mirror would be good. I think you could do um, a pretty decent kind of adventure style game with, um, like a Telltale style game with uh, Santa Monica Diet. Even though Santa Clarita Diet. Santa Clarita Diet, right. Even though it was just even, canceled. Even though they're canceling it. Um, Dude, Netflix is so weird because stuff just shows up on there. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know. Like, they're not, I feel they're like, not good at that. I feel like Santa Clarita Diet is one of those shows that like people just didn't even know it existed. Well, also people didn't know what it was. Yeah. And, like, my mom loves that show, but only because... It's a pretty good show. Because I told her what it was. She's like, oh, I thought it was just like some kind of slice of life, like Hollywood oh, people right, thing. right. They're in the I'm suburbs. Like, no, Drew Barrymore's a zombie and has yeah. to eat people and they have to figure out a way to do that, but still be like yuppies. And she's like, oh, that sounds good. And now she's all mad that they canceled it. It's good. I mean, the show's crazy. It actually yeah. made me like unsettled a lot of oh, times yeah, it's, like it's it doesn't really, really, it's really creepy bunch of, yeah i recommend like going and checking it out yeah. there's two seasons of it up there maybe they that could, could work but you're right like it's canceled so why would they bother trying they could to do promote? like like true crime procedural games that would be very <laughs> on brand right yeah when you start thinking about their shows and it's like ozark like what are you gonna do with that like you do like a like a where's waldo style game except you're looking for missing children <laughs> But there, it doesn't seem to me that there are a ton of properties that Netflix has that would that no, are right. But they to might have stuff the in the pipeline because remember, like they they lost all the Marvel stuff, right? So it would make sense if they're kind of trying to come up with more, you know, stuff su- in that super, uh, stuff in that kind of subgenre. So you're saying maybe they're being preemptive. They know. I, th- I think that's what, what they doing. have in the pipeline, yes. and it's catering more towards that, and they want to get it involved. I think, I think okay. that's what that it is. Well, especially because now they have control over it, whereas before you'd have to like let Marvel make the deal. Right, right. And now, like, you know, and they're already moving, like, what was, what was that show, uh, Hannah, like, that just came out, where, like, Hannah's, like, a super-powered, like, it's basically... Oh, I haven't watched it. It's like, I haven't watched it either, but I've seen that they won't, will not stop running commercials for it. <laughs> and it's, like, um, it's basically, like... Um, X-Men without the X-Men license. Uh, okay. like she, she, she's like a military experiment mutant psychic, like something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I ain't going to watch it. I don't care. Military experiment mutant psychic. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they should have called it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, something like that. You could have made a uh, pretty, you know, a, they, they have properties they could do something with like that. Yeah. Right? I mean, I wouldn't expect to see like an Orange is the New Black game anytime yeah, soon yeah. or anything, but, like, but you know what? Who knows? Stranger things have the next happened. Pri- the next big prison sim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Prison Architect 5 has a really interesting marketing tie-in. Who knew? Yeah, I guess I just, I don't know. I watch a lot of Netflix. I watch almost all their originals, yeah. and it's really hard to think of any existing ones. That well, really I mean, Umbrella Academy could be one. Um, I haven't watched that. If you want. I mean, that's basically X-Men, but like horrible and violent and dark and scary and ter- it's 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 
you know, it's edgy. There's a lot of, they're, they're getting into sort of these, like, you know, um, more indie comic stuff that are sort of like, you know, in the comics world, more of like image comics is a lot of like more edgy, to, you know, it's, it's X, you know, DC Marvel property, but edgy. Right, right. But realistic. But, you know, it's like, it's like well, if, if this really happened, yeah, people get messed up and their faces get ripped off and stuff like that. So, like, Umbre- Umbrella Academy is pretty good. It starts slow, but, like, it's a good comic and it's a pretty good series ad- adaptation it of it. Um, I mean, they could they could do Frontier and just hire like Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed team to make yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure they have stuff in in the pipeline that's you know yeah. sci-fi related or superhero related or whatever that you could turn turn into something. It's interesting that Netflix views this as a more than viable marketing strategy, though, is mm-hmm. to get these games made. I mean, it, it's understanding, I think, more than a lot of media companies that. The gamers are the drivers mm-hmm. of almost everything at this point, mostly because most people who are into pop culture are gamers. It wasn't that way 20, 30 years ago. Well, I think they're, they're mostly realizing that like, they're not in competition with video games. Yeah. And if they can get someone who plays games interested in this property, you might get a subscription out of them when they want to watch the source material. Yeah. Like that, I think that's the idea. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the last untapped markets, and they're going to need it. Because in terms of appealing to people just on the on the back of the actual brand and the IP, uh, Disney Plus is about to steamroll them. Yeah. Uh, for about one third the cost per month. Maybe so, Pactor's Netflix call will finally be right. What was his Netflix? <laughs> well, he's call? notorious for like saying that people shouldn't invest in Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's one of his one of the things that people always give him crap for. I think he's right on with that. Well, and, see, he the thing is, is he. He just looks at the numbers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look at the the sort of cultural zeitgeist is created by something. He just says, "Okay, you're spending this amount of money. Mm-hmm. You're making this amount of money. That's that's a losing proposition." Yeah. And your growth potential is just sort of on you've plateaued. And, and right. And then the other, and everyone else just looks at it like everybody, everybody has uses it. Netflix. Yeah. Not, so of course. That's not always, you know, anyone who subscribed to MoviePass should know that that doesn't mean the company's doing well. Yeah, exactly. And I think Pactor just looks at the financials and is like, there's yeah. no way, this is, a, this is a house of cards. Well, and I mean, already, I mean, look, Disney Plus is taking the biggest IPs in entertainment yep. and putting them all in one place for $7.99 a month. And then and they then just bought Hulu. They just, today, they just consolidated 90% control of Hulu. So what's going to happen? You're going to get a Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus bundle for less than Netflix costs per month. Yeah. And that's going to be the first real wound. First real to competition, Netflix. honestly, yeah. for Netflix. So uh, that'll be fun to look for. But yeah, I think I think Pactor is right. Like, do not invest in Netflix because it's not going to be not be a good, good couple of years for them going forward. Yeah. Put well, all put all your stock investment in game <laughs> game pot, spot. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Whatever. He's, but the problem for Pack is that he said all along to not invest in Netflix. Yeah. And when people give their estimates where they think the stock was going to be, he was always lower than everybody else, and it just kept going up because mm-hmm. of what we discussed. People are like, everyone has Netflix, so just put money into it. I mean, well, well yeah, because the the dirty little secret is the stock market is imaginary. It really is. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, this weird like, like figment of everyone's imagination yeah. that everyone has agreed to buy into to give companies money to do more of what yeah. they do. And long term, Pact is right. But, like, it's not until now that you're seeing concrete examples of why that's right. Yeah. So. I mean, you're, I think you're seeing it with Uber right now, actually. Oh, yeah. Because Uber loses money hand over fist. But they're about to go IPO. They already did. Oh, it did? It did last week. And it was oh, the, it happened last week? It was the... Are you talking about Lyft, I think? No. no. Oh, Uber went public Uber. last week? I missed yeah. it somehow. It was... Uh, I knew Lyft had done it, like, the month before or whatever. No, I, I had some friends working on some stuff for that. and. Uh, did you buy it? Oh, no. Of course not. <laughs> 
I mean, it was not a it was not a failure. Like they, it was big, but it it was the lowest. It was something like the biggest gap in dollar amount between like what it actually opened at, what it was predicted to open at. Like they it, said, well, it was going to open at forty five to fifty, right? Yeah. And where did it start? I don't remember what it's. It, Do the, you know, the, Sam? Yeah, oh, the, it, the, share, the share price tanked. Like the, 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 the per the per share price tanked immediately. It was something like it was supposed to be like twenty something per, and it ended up at like seven. Oh, but it's still like a multi billion dollar yeah, yeah. IPO. Right. It's just not as multi billions <laughs> as <laughs> everybody thought. was hoping it would be. Um, and we'll see. Yeah. You know, but like, but uh, you know, it's hard to see that as a failure if you're the one making money off of it because it was still a money maker. Right, right. But it wasn't the, you know, it's, it's like how... It wasn't you know, the home run everyone thought. Dig was worth $200 million at one point and then it got sold for four. Right. So, yeah, sure. $4 million is still a lot of money, but it ain't $200 million. But it ain't $200 million. <laughs> There's a big difference. I think what's most interesting to me about Netflix going to E3 is, like I said, the revolving door. You have the traditional guys going out the door mm-hmm. and you have someone like a Netflix stepping in the door. Um, is that where the industry's going? Because um, it seems like the companies that haven't been a part of it see more opportunity in things like E3 than the companies that have been there all along. I think this Netflix thing is more like um, they're trying to find another avenue uh, that they can have some success and maybe make that leap, that lateral move. Um, because look, when Disney comes for you, <laughs> you either hide in the you hide in the basement or you run. Yeah. And Netflix might need to run. Yeah. And if they can get like a, like a working games division going, that could that could save the brand to some degree. Maybe yeah. not to the to the volume they're used to, but that's something. It's 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 diver- they're diversifying a little bit that makes them a stronger company because they're not relying on their success entirely on being the biggest streaming provider. Because look, you're you're not going to be able to compete. Here's the thing: is Disney sort of doing this sleeping giant thing with the streaming thing because they've d- d- kind of dismissed streaming for a long time. For a long time, like the the executives at Disney sort of saw streaming in the way like someone from 2007 would see streaming, and now they're sort of they've woken up to the power of it. They're making all this original content for Disney Plus. They're going to premiere with The Mandalorian, which is going to be a they're already huge doing it deal. with ESPN. All the Star Wars movies going to be on there. They're they're getting rid of the Vault, which I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Like Disney animated films are not going to go in a vault and be, dis- be unavailable for years at a time. You're just going to be able to get all the Disney animated films on this service whenever you want, which is a godsend for parents. You just yeah. want to put a child in front of the TV and go away. Um, <laughs> all of them. And then you come back and they're watching <laughs> Treasure Planet for the 15th time. No, not that one. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's shockingly good value. I mean... Do you it's think seven, Netflix... seven dollars. It's seven dollars a month. That's a rental. Like, yeah. there's nothing, and Disney can just take that hit because they don't care. Like, now, they... do you think Netflix needs to step up and start creating bigger budget games, or do you think games like the Life is Strange game, this 2D indie kind of thing, is is good enough to move the needle? I think if they deliver some like really quality, like like adventure style entertainment like life is strange they'll move the needle in part because life is strange is really the only game in town now in yeah. that regard, now that telltale collapsed yep. so they have an opportunity to sort of like be the new telltale and play it smarter and um, make a ton of yeah. money so I, I think it's i think if that's their angle like that's pretty smart um in a way that i ne- wouldn't necessarily think netflix was smart at this point right. in time because uh, they really have sort of pigeonholed themselves in terms of the kind of content they put on and sort of how they've stripped down their their li- their back catalog, their library of like non originals. Like yeah. if I, if you want to watch like a movie you want to see, chances are it's not on Netflix. Especially if it's anything that isn't a brand new release. If I want to see like classic films, 
I got to go to Criterion Channel if yeah. I want to see like current TV shows. That's I really the go problem. Everything's getting so splintered now. Yeah. It's like where, and like people say, "Oh, have you seen this show?" And then I'm like, "Oh, what's like, it? Where on? is it? Yeah. yeah, is it on Hulu? Is it on Amazon? Yeah, it's you like, start googling the show to see like the little like, thing what that comes up. Like, what's it on? Is it on? Where yeah. can I watch the damn thing? And so. once at a certain point, you you add up all your subscriptions to things. You're like, this is expensive as cable. Yeah, or more. Yeah, yeah, it's it's dicey. All these services, though, and we're going to talk a little bit about, yeah, and about I, that further I later I still on. watch a lot of Netflix's original stuff, so, so I, I, still yeah. keep, I still keep that subscription. Yeah, yeah, I just keep but paying it. my subscription for Netflix will end when their original content stops being interesting because nothing else they have on there is yeah. of interest to me. I don't use Netflix. I have... I have DirecTV, so yeah. it's like I don't use it as like my replacement for cable or satellite. Basically, like once BoJack Horseman ends, <laughs> Netflix, Netflix going to have to be real crafty <laughs> to get me back. By then, season five of how, how about Life is Strange will come you, out or whatever. If, some, if the games come with the subscription. Here's the thing, like though. Like some kind of like Netflix, Netflix has, Now thing. Here's one thing I'll say, though. Netflix now has enough good originals that as long as they just keep producing new seasons of those, I'm probably going to stay a subscriber. Yeah, it is interesting to scroll through it now enough. and see, like, you don't, you can go through a whole, the scroll through all these different categories, and you really don't see anything but Netflix originals yeah. now. Like, they, they, they have a, they, they spend they that many. Well, because yeah. they th- they're throwing so much money in a hole making this stuff. Like, I mean, it's, it's. That's all that investment money. They're yeah. spending it, basically. Well, that's what Pactor's talking about when he says, like, look at what they spend versus what they take in. They're spending. Literally billions, like two billion more a year on production every in. year. It's yeah. it's amazing. It's crazy. And then they let everything last three years and then kill it. Yeah, unceremoniously. If it and no one knows. Like I know people who've worked on some of those shows. None of them know how, how they did. Do. They don't tell the the people, even the celebrity people, like even like the high level, like yep. people you think could get anything they want information wise in Hollywood have been stonewalled by Netflix. And, and they, they, they have no idea why they got canceled. They have no idea how well the show did. They don't know what the expectations were in the first place. It, they, you get no stats and no feedback from Netflix. You take your money from Netflix and go on your way. You make your thing, <laughs> you give it to them, and then they tell you whether they'll need more or not. Yeah, they don't even give like, lucky. viewing numbers for no, anything. Nothing. I think there was one show like two or three months ago where they finally did it. They said that like 10 million people had watched it or something, and people were like, "Oh my God, you gave us a freaking number!" Yeah, they'll do some stuff like that where like they'll they'll be like, "Oh, this many people yeah. tuned." It was uh, or they gave numbers I think for uh, that stupid Cloverfield thing oh, that right. aired after the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they bragged about that. <laughs> they'll do it to like brag about like some record they set or yeah. something. But in general, even internally, they will not tell like people who make the shows how their shows are doing, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. All right, we're going to talk next about Detective Pikachu, the film, not the game. The game's been out now for like a year, a year and a Many half. Many years, several years. And um, I did not see it, mm-hmm. but Matt has. Yes. It did pretty well over the weekend. It did all right. It made about $160 million worldwide, I think, um, which is not like a runaway hit, but it's the, the top grossing video game movie opening weekend of all time, so they... You, if they weren't, if they were planning for their only metric of success to be bigger than that, then they that's that's on them. That's an EA. That's a that's an EA like seven point two million isn't enough copies of Battlefield sold. Like by any metric, this movie did fine. Yeah, I mean honestly, what was the budget for? Probably like fifty million or something. Oh no, it's probably closer to hundred. Like oh really? It's, it's constant CG. CG like is that expensive, huh? It's just the amount of time and production and like you know none of that's easy. Like yeah. there's there are effects in almost every shot in this movie. Um, so I would I would guess it's between seventy and hundred million. So they um, doubled their investment almost 
in yeah, one well, weekend. Well, that, well, I mean, that is doubling your budget is the standard by which you've broken even. Right, because you pay that much for marketing. Marketing, and then theaters take half cut, and then you get less of a cut from international stuff. So that's why domestic box office will always be more important. Yeah. But you, you, you know, you look at this, uh, what it made for worldwide. It'll probably come in around four hundred million in the end worldwide, and that's plenty. Hell like, yeah, that's plenty. You'll get. Uh, it, it's not. It's, it's not profitable like a runaway hit. I thought it was actually going to maybe be a little bigger. I did not anticipate Endgame being the biggest movie of all time. Um, and still being kind of a juggernaut in the theaters. In fact, some of the theaters around here, after a day or two, moved Pikachu out of their like you know high quality like recliner Loungy theaters theater. and moved Endgame back in. Yeah. Because um, Endgame was make, still making more money. Um, yeah, I went and saw it. Um, what did you think? I thought it was fine. It's, fu- it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> it's fine. That's it's fine. That's turning into a game face meme. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fun. <laughs> like, I enjoyed it. Um, it is, uh, I think if you're not a Pokemon fan, you're going to be kind of bored because the story is... What is the plot? Really, but... Oh, the plot it is... It isn't um, like the game at all. Yeah, it is. It's vaguely like the game. There's definitely a lot of, like, references to it. I never finished the game, so I don't know if the end, endings are the same, but, right. like... You, you, it was. It's definitely based on the game in, okay. in a loose way. Um, so the the kid there, uh, Tim, uh, his father dies. His father's a cop in this city called Rhyme City, and he goes to uh, his father dies in this um, car crash, leaving this laboratory that Mewtwo escapes from, and uh, he goes to to pick up his dad's things and like clean out his apartment or whatever. Um, and he doesn't really have a relationship with his dad. He doesn't know his dad. Uh, he's, he's hasn't seen him in like 11 years or 10 years or something. His mom's dead. He's grew up with, he grew up raised by his grandmother pretty much. So he goes and like, um, goes to the apartment and, uh, in Rhy- Rhyme City is, is started by this like business magnate guy who like was chronically ill, but then found through Pokemon a way to, to be better or something. So he started this city where there aren't, there's no Pokeballs, there's no Pokemon matches. There's, it's just people living with Pokemon in the open and everybody has a Pokemon partner. And then um, the kid doesn't have one. So he's considered weird there. And his dad's Pikachu, who's Detective Pikachu, um, uh, shows up and like they thought the, they thought the Pikachu was dead too and it turns out he's not dead and then he there's this like um, chemical called uh, R which they use to like drive Pokemon crazy it's like it's like a, it's like a weird thing is it like catnip them, for Pokemon no it's like, it's like a it makes them like rabid almost oh. like, briefly like, okay. it, it, it makes them crazy and he kind of like catnip <laughs> he opens it uh, yeah but when you put, give a cat catnip he doesn't try to kill you right um and you, and you open the he opens the thing and he smells it and then pikachu shows up and because of the thing he, the he because he can smell the thing because he inhaled the the gas or whatever he can understand what pikachu's saying um so the, so pikachu who's ryan ryan rattles and so pikachu um is like if i'm alive then your dad must be alive because they took him and so the, the the mystery is like what happened to his dad? Where is his dad? You know, and is his dad really dead? And where's Mewtwo? And what's going on? And so there's a corporate conspiracy thing and all that stuff. So they have to figure out what's going on. And he ends, he hooks up with this reporter girl. She's not a reporter. She's like an intern at the at the local TV station, but she wants to be a reporter. And she helps him with the story. And she's got she's got a Psyduck as her Pokemon. So um, uh, yeah, you can see that was the crazy. Crazy Pokemon. They're all the Pokemon, the original 151. No, it's from all generations. Oh, really? Most of it them. It seems yeah. like all the ads, though, have focused. Well, they on know where they're where they're aiming. Where yeah. the bread's but, but they're <laughs> across. They're across the whole series. Um, I think there's 60 or 70 uh, through the whole thing. Wow, that's uh, a lot. There's there's something in the background of almost every shot, especially in the city. 
because um, they're just everywhere. Who are the big players as far as the Pokemon? Uh, Psyduck. Psyduck. Psyduck's in it a lot. Psyduck, Pikachu, um, uh, Mewtwo, and um, there's a, there's a fairly substantial Bulbasaur sequence. Okay. Uh, but mostly just Psyduck and yeah. Pikachu. And Q, there's a there's, that's I mean it's it's a fairly dark film like oh and Ditto there's a Ditto in it. Really? Um, wow. And uh, you know, there's this scene Magic with Carp. the Magikarps. I mean, there's <laughs> if you're not a Pokemon fan, a lot of the stuff's going to go over your head because a lot of Are there in a jokes, lot of inside jokes, a lot of in jokes. There's a lot of lore. I mean, one of the first things that happens is a reference to that that like fan theory that used to be around. I think it got canonized eventually in in the Pokemon bios, but about how Cubone wears the skull of its mother because oh, that's of it. in the games. Yeah, it says in the games, and it's that... like, and like, but I also remember that from way back where, where like, people were like theorizing on this thing or whatever, and like it starts with there's a Cubone in a field cr- crying. Like with a skull on and stuff, and like they referenced that at the very beginning. Is the dead is, mother there? No, but like oh, uh, it's it's crazy. It's like there's a lot of stuff in there that even as someone who's like a casual fan, I'm like, oh yeah, it's, I, I'm surprised they brought that up. Cool. Um, so, but if you're not a Pokemon fan, like it's just a it's a it's a really it's a fine story, <laughs> but it's like it's a by the numbers three act screenplay. Yeah. Like it is, it, you could teach this screenplay in class. To teach people how a three-act story works, yeah. to the point that in the third act, one of the characters actually says, "I abandoned you when you needed me the most," <laughs> which is like, yes, that is exactly what happens in Act Two. Yeah. All you're missing is like is like some bystander standing up in the middle of it and going, "The all is lost" moment. <laughs> uh, so if like everything's very predictable and telegraphed, and but like for kids, like they're not going to know that. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't need to subvert expectations for six-year-olds. Is it? Frankly, if a kid grows... Is it too dark for kids, though? I wouldn't say so. I mean, mean, it's slightly dark in the way that things were dark when we were kids. For, you know, it reminded me that there's some violence, there's some scary stuff, there's some, you know, emotions, there's some things. Um, But I think it's better than, like, the sanitized nonsense that passes for kids' entertainment a lot. Absolutely. Um, It didn't uh, hurt us watching The Dark Crystal. No, we turned out fine. (laughs) Look at us. Um, and if, you know, kids love Pokemon. They're gonna love seeing all the Pokemon on screen. They do a really good job. I think even big kids like us will love oh, stuff yeah. like that. Like if you're a fan, like it's, there's no reason not to see it. It's it's a fine, serviceable story with like a whole bunch of really cool like visual. You know, the, and the it way they, doesn't disrespect the source material. No, they all look like themselves. Wow. The way they've adapted everything into live action looks really great. Um, I mean, look at all that. That's, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, amazing. It's just you know, there's stuff on every every frame. There's something to look at. Um, if you know Pokemon. Is there going to be a sequel? I think they're already working on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I don't see why not. I mean, it would be very hard to do a sequel to this because they do close the story off pretty definitively, but I think you've established a world that you can just play in now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of weird, too, because these Pokemon are sort of imprinted on owners now, right? Yeah, in the Rhyme City Pokemon are, yeah. They're, they're... So... They're like par- they're partners. They're not like they don't keep don't keep them pokeballs. They don't fight with them. Like the the fight with Charizard that you see in the trailers yeah. is like a, is like an underground like illicit fight club, fight club yeah, thing. Yeah, I kind of figured that out. But so are there multiple versions of each Pokemon? Oh yeah, there's tons of them. Oh okay. So it is set up like the game then, where the oh, yeah. multiple people can have Pikachu's. Oh yeah. Okay. Everybody knows Pikachu's in the minute. Like like. And everybody knows Pikachu's, and because no one else can understand him, so every, so sometimes it'll cut back, and instead of Ryan Reynolds' voice, it's just Pika Pika. Right, right. And he's like, "Oh, it's okay." He's like, "Yeah, keep touching me, lady. Come on." So Ryan Reynolds <laughs> just improving furiously. Uh-huh. Um, the kid uh, in his old bedroom is a Pikachu bed with like the ears sticking up from the headboard, and so gotcha. so clearly, like, yeah, they're it's like the games. It's like there's 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 species. There, yeah. there are tons of them. 
Although I think there's only one Psyduck in the movie. Oh. Um, and Psyduck is fun because they treat because like basically if he gets too stressed out, he the 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 psy bomb goes yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. And so there's constantly every time like things are happening, like Pikachu's constantly trying to calm him down. <laughs> Worried that it's gonna explode. So. So you recommend that people go check it out, go see it. If you're a Pokemon fan, I don't see why you wouldn't. Like it's uh, you know it's it's not gonna rock your world narratively, but like it's cool to see all that stuff on the screen. And uh, I think you know in terms of video game adaptation, they you know they they. They kind of did the Marvel thing. They just took all the source material, said this is this works the way it works, and we're Let's just going we're going to take it. We're going to come up with some interesting character conflicts and and put it on the screen. So what else can you ask? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they they didn't they didn't lean on the idea that we need to retell slavishly retell a video game story. We're just going to take the setting and the, and the trappings and put it up there and try to make a good story out of it on its own. And while it's not an, anything special in terms of the, story, and the villain's plan, makes no damn sense. But that was that any different from any other kind? Of, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's solid. Like you know, if you could you could teach that screenplay in school to 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 show how you're supposed to progress through each story beat and you know build these character relationships and like it's you know. An adult is going to see everything coming, you know, 15 minutes out every time something's foreshadowed, here, here it comes. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't mean it's bad. You know, it's, it's just kind of predictable. Um, but you can take your kids to see this and not be not fall asleep. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, admit, I admit I did get a little sleepy at one point in that, too. It was a little <laughs> slow. And the guy, so the guy next to me um, was, uh, he was about, like, roughly our age. Uh-huh. And his boyfriend was, like, 30-ish. Uh-huh. Clearly, the thirty-ish boyfriend was the one who wanted to see this, because <laughs> dude was just like, uh, 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 kind of like nodding a bit. At one point, he fell asleep on his on the, the boyfriend's shoulder, <laughs> like it, it kind of like looked around once in a while. And it was just, like you could see he really wanted to check his phone, but he didn't want to take his phone out and be, and be the, be the dick. Yeah. And just like uh, I'm just like, yeah, you, you, you. Uh, you're doing him a solid. Yeah, you, you, you're here for him, and that was the all all that was about. It was just really funny because it was just like you could tell he didn't care about anything. Yeah, they probably didn't even know what the hell any of it was. Either. Yeah, um, he was just he's too old. You know, we're weird in that we well because we stuff. love games. Yeah. yeah, but um, but he his the boyfriend was like the exact age to have grown up playing with Gen games, One and yeah. and kind of you know you could tell and he was enraptured <laughs> like. Over the moon. Like when I was like losing interest in the movie, I'd look over and see how they were and doing. And he'd inspire yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, let's so. move on. We we talked last week about. But I, like if you're a parent and you don't care about Pokemon, I guarantee you you've seen worse children's movies in the theater. Oh yeah, it's way better than any Minions thing. Okay, so good. Uh, last week we talked about Ghost Recon and what what we wanted to see from the upcoming game. And this past week. The brand new game was unveiled by Ubisoft. It's called Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, I think it's aptly named. The response to this has been interesting because I watched the debut presentation and came away with a completely different impression of the game from some, from some other people. Um, to me, what we had talked about last week was how I wanted to see a return to a more serious tone, more realistic, more stealth-driven, more espionage driven. And it appears to me that this is exactly what we're getting with Breakpoint. But then some people who are big fans of Wildlands on Sifted said that they felt like it was just a reskin Wildlands. So <laughs> I've been in this weird like limbo on this game trying to figure out if I'm misreading the game. But to me, this it looks nothing like Wildlands. Does it to you? 
it looks like an expansion pack to me. Really? Like, so you like do feel that? Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I think you're right that the tone is more serious. And I mean, the, the tone has definitely changed more to like what you were asking for. But why, I mean, it feels like the Division Division 2 thing here. Like it's, it's, the, it's Wildlands, but they've sort of added some new wrinkles and some new ideas. But it's basically the same thing. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. Like it's all it needed to be. I mean, you don't want to mess with success too much. Um, I understand why people are upset that the the uh, the, the the AI teammates are gone, um, but I also really like the whole put up drones for the squad shot thing. I, I think see that's what set it apart for me was when they actually so they put out this trailer that you're seeing right now, and then this B roll will flow into the actual chunk of gameplay that mm -hmm. they showed, and that is where to me the game appeared completely differently to Wildlands because like you said the AI partners are gone you're playing with real people but the cool thing about it what i thought was cool was the missions are set up in such a way that there's multiple parts of a mission to accomplish and your team splits apart and goes and accomplishes separate parts of the mission and then eventually comes together to complete the mission that to me there's nothing like that in wildlands i didn't really get that much out of that did I, you I, watch the yeah, demo I did. yeah i don't i don't i didn't see that Really? Like, you mean when they're going into the mansion thing? or the, the Yeah, and they all split up. And, like, one guy goes over and takes out the guys who are guarding the back of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was, like, a mission requirement. I think that's just how they decided to approach it. Oh, so it was another one of those Ubisoft I Oh, yeah. Things. I, think, I, think uh, it, I think it was just how Ubisoft likes to play their multiplayer trailers as though everybody's in a frickin' SEAL team. Oh, uh, see, so yeah. I was under the impression that that's the way they, they all needed to complete their separate missions before... No, I didn't, I didn't get that Oh, at really? All. Interesting. No, I, th I think that was just like they were trying to make it... They're trying to play it up and make it look cool. And they did make it look cool. Yeah, um, it worked. Know, it's nice to be able to move bodies. Uh, the injury stuff is an interesting thing. Like, Yeah, how about how it changes how you can move? Like, yeah. I, and I, like, I like the thing where, like... Because, look, one of the things that I found annoying in Wildlands was trying to get down slopes, and now, like... I like that they they let you go down slopes and stuff, but also they add a risk to it that's yeah. like kind of a more you can spin like slide down thing. Them, yeah. So that's that's a cool idea. The mud, um, the camo, the the, yeah. the interactive camo where you can just smear mud on yourself. Yeah, some, somebody somebody uh, on the on that team is a big Metal Gear Solid Three fan because <laughs> there's a lot of that happening. No, you're right. It did see it did have shades of that game for sure. Um, but I see it to me. Wildlands was like this tongue in cheek kind of sticky like cracking lame jokes all the time like this game is nothing like that this I, is I, like I bet definitely you it, serious i'm i'm from seal team six and like i bet you it will be exactly that you though. think it Once will it, yeah i mean you're you're really judging this by a very controlled pr presentation it is yeah like, i mean but you generally what you do with the pr campaign is you're trying to imprint the game's tone onto the audience it, you're right. Sometimes it's a bait and switch. But I think that's. I, I don't see them changing anything substantial about the about. The, I mean, the tone of this trailer is like that, sure. But like, the tone of this like one little section here can't match. You know, it's probably not going to match the forty-five thousand hours of open-world <laughs> document hunting. That but the you end look, up the in. trailers for Wildlands were like that, though. They were like sticky mm. and had dumb jokes in them, and it was like. It's almost like a party out in the wildlands vibe instead mm. of this, which is like, this is life or death. Yeah, I mean, I just, I have a hard time imagining a Ubisoft game that doesn't have a fair amount of banter. Bad jokes. I mean, I, mean, I guess without <laughs> the AI teammates, it's probably not really a thing because you, what are you going to banter with, your drone? Like, 
Um, I do really like the drones that just hover over the targets, and when you like hit go, they just smash down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's horrible. Yeah, like, it's, but so rewarding. Yeah, and probably <laughs> realistic. But again, you know, just being injured and having to deal with your injuries and still having to fight and not giving you this like goofy rebounding health meter where just magically you're fine out of nowhere. Like the struggle that you have to go through to survive. And I wonder how they balance that, man. Like, yeah, well, I, my thing is it like, can't be easy. Every time so they do, any, anyone does something like this in a game, like it demos real well when you see this sort of thing. And then in practice. And then one, in practice, like you feel, okay, when this happens, I've got to use this item. And when this happens, i got to do this. And that takes a little longer. And I decide behind a tree and, okay, now we're good. Like it's, it's, I mean, a lot of it will depend on how they balance the game. How do they send mm -hmm. enemies after you once you're injured? Mm -hmm. Because you can't send the same amount of enemies at you as you would if you were healthy because people will get so frustrated and get pissed off. So you have to have some kind of a dynamic either AI system or enemy spawning system. I mean, you're probably going to want to like focus on like being like a more realistic um, search AI. Like we're like, That's you know, true. make it, make it easier to, to, for people in, especially in a dense environment like that to not know where you are. And they are doing that where you see where the mud camo and thing, like they walk right by you and you know, they're, they're, you, you, it looks like they're giving you the tools to deal with that change. I mean, the whole thing is just way more tactical. Like, just the how they've changed, like, the running, I, moving through water and stuff just, like that. Maybe I'm cynical from all of Yubi's marketing over the years. But I can I do, understand that. I think that's what they want you to believe, but I have a hard time believing the game is actually going to end up being that because the, the dude bro gun porn people that made the first game a 10 million whatever seller, they don't have the patience to do that shit. They're not going to play like that. Like, there's got there's going to be a way to play it like that, but there's also going to be a way to basically cheese the system and play it like the, like Like, like they played Wildlands? Yeah. <laughs> I, there, it has to be. Like... And I'm okay with that. As long as there is a way for me to play it the way that I'll enjoy it, mm -hmm. I'm fine. Like, if they want to make a, a separate kind of option for everybody else, I think that's great. It kind yeah. of goes back to the discussion about from software stuff. And yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's going to be an actual concrete option. But yeah, I'm yeah. Just, but I, you're saying they'll be able to play it the way they want to and be successful. Yeah, but I mean, what, you're, what I'm describing here is, like, I feel like if you want to play it that way, it's basically just you making it harder for yourself. I mean, I don't know. I, but also, I, I you're really going to have problems seeing the Wildland comparison. You're have, you're every have second to... I've seen in this game looks nothing like Wildlands. I don't know. Other what... than the same graphics. Engine. I don't know what you're talking about. When did you ever see this scene in Wildlands where people are sneaking by and covering themselves in mud? Well, and... because that's a new game mechanic. But like, it, you're still running through a, a, like an open, like wooded, like you know, wild area, sneaking into mansions of drug dealers and assassinating i mean it's still the same i mean it looks like it plays very similarly like you get in a get in a car it's like i do, do i think the controller layout is going to be all that different no like it, it it very clearly looks like wildlands to me like i'm not saying it's a bad thing i look i agree it's in a rural jungle area and you ride cars i just don't understand and people you, shoot each other like, really i can get with you on that level like do you really think this is not just going to be the same game on a new map like i don't understand what you're seeing here I no, I don't think it's going to be the same game. It would have been called Wildlands Two if that was the case. Why would they not call it Wildlands Two? Because you're not in a Wildlands. Uh, why, especially after Wildlands sold, like you said, like twenty million. If it was going to be just like that, they would absolutely call it Wildlands Two. It would be smart to call it Wildlands Two. In fact, it's probably dumb to not call this Wildlands Two, even if it is different. If you yeah, think I mean, about I mean, it. I don't know. Like, I guess they're going like a more Splinter Cell thing where they never call Splinter Cell the same thing twice. To me, Wildlands was just also like got leaked today. lowest hanging fruit, like cooperative shooter, run and gun, go in. Like I know that they had like I the think, timed thing, but I you didn't they, have to use it. I like, think they didn't call it Wildlands 2 specifically because they want to fool people like you into thinking that it's different. 
Like, I think this is just going to be the same game with a couple new gameplay mechanics. Like, I don't, I don't, until you, until some people get their hands on it and say, like, no, this plays completely differently. Like, I am, maybe, call me skeptical, but I ain't, I ain't get ready to declare that off the back of another highly choreographed Yubi video. Um, as but much again, as I enjoy like them. Everything. At least they didn't have terrible, like, voice chat on this one. But again, everything that they're showing, and you're right, it could be all subterfuge. They could just be showing the only parts of the game that are like this. It's I mean, possible. But, I think they're, but they're, all they're, of this stuff, is, none of this is in Wildlands. None of it. I did this all the time you in Wildlands. You cut fences with a well, no, blowtorch. That's a new game mechanic. Who gives a shit? I mean, so I you're saying game mechanics don't matter. Something that small is a quality of life improvement. No, but because people that's did, one small thing. They just showed like 20 of them. I don't know what you're... That, at what point do feature changes equal a shift in tone, I guess is the question. I mean, I think... Is it 5? Is it 10? Is it 20? The tone has shifted, but that's that's a storytelling thing. Like, I, it's, I think you're right that they're trying to make it less, you know, I don't think... I mean, Goofy. I, I mean, I know that there's no AI, but if you had AI teammates, I don't think people would say, and Baby makes 3 when you were spotting them in this game. Like, the, 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 the gallows humor would, it seems like, would be t- toned down from, from the previous game. But like a, a change in like tone on that doesn't make it. I mean, this is this is just Ghost Recon. See, this I didn't do this in Wildlands. I did yeah. not go through houses crouched, like okay, searching the okay, corners. Okay, it's a like, house instead of like a weird installation. But that's not thing, it though. Like, it's it's the searching the corners. It's the fact that maybe you one didn't do guy that in Ghost Recon Wildlands. No, I just ran into buildings and shot everybody. It was that's the I type of game you, it was. I promise you, that's what you'll do in this too. It, I mean, they're not selling it that way. That's well, sure. no, but they didn't. I don't think they sold Wildlands they did. that Go way. Go back either. and watch, and I would show you the Wildlands trailer right now. But for some goofy reason, it throws up copyright strikes. But if you go back and watch, like the Wildlands trailers, it wasn't like this at all. Like it was all Technicolored, like riding down the road with the hair blowing in the breeze. Like it was different. I mean, the tone. And you're right. It could end up being that's a tonal thing, game. sure. But like that doesn't mean the game's any different. I have, I have a very hard time believing Ubisoft, of all people, completely reinvented the wheel on something that just sold 10 million plus. Like, I don't see it. I, I hear that logic. I, and like I said, like if it, if it were me, I would have called it Wildlands too. You'll make way more money that way. I mean, I think you could definitely have gotten away with that, but it seems like, it but, seems like and the time... The hand-to-hand stuff too. That's another new feature that's more geared towards realism and... A serious well, yeah, but to me, it still says like you know, the base gameplay. That of this stuff is, looks cool, by the way. The hand-to-hand what? stuff that they yeah, done. Yeah, the Q- CQC thing yeah. much improved, as opposed to just the usual sneak up behind the guy and, and snap just his neck. Stab him in the neck. Yeah. I like the I like the bad guys. Where like the bad guys are basically making Batman vehicles now. I guess yeah, you yeah. Know, the, the premise is cool. I noticed that it's in a fictional place now, and not Bolivia, because <laughs> we, we learned that lesson the yeah. hard way. Um, it's ba- I mean, it's basically New Zealand. Um, I don't. To me, I. I, I didn't really see anything that indicated to me that it was a uh, it was anything other than the base game of Wildlands with like some new wrinkles grafted onto it, which is all you really need it to be. Um, the other thing, of course, is what you're describing is also going to require three other people playing with you to also agree to play that way. But see, I've done that. I did that for years. So that's that's not a that's mm. awesome to me. That's not a barrier. That's what makes it fun. Well, I'm sure if you want to play it carefully and all that, you can. You could do Wildlands that way too. But like most people, just didn't. You didn't have to. 
I don't think you're going to have to on this either. I think you, I think you will. Well, then it's not going to sell 10 million copies. I don't care how much it sells. I know. I don't but, care if it sells but, 10. <laughs> but what, that's what I'm saying is that's why I think you're wrong is because the most important thing to the people making this game is that it does sell that many copies again. And if you make it something that you really have to think hard and do that, do like what you're describing, it ain't going to sell that because that's not what the people that made this previous game Every once want. in a while, a game does break through, though. I mean, if you think about like the first few Splinter Cells when they were just deathly serious, those oh, yeah. games sold very well. But, but you but what are they give... now? They well, not, now they're nothing, anymore. I guess. Yeah, they, but, they no, another one, they, it just leaked some stuff today. So, like, there is another... It looks like we're get, finally getting a new Splinter Cell announced. Oh, really? Yeah, that just happened, like, I think on, while you were on the way over here. Oh, damn. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think we might finally see that Splinter Cell game we predicted for, like, three years straight at E3. <laughs> right. But, see, that um, franchise has already gone arcade Yeah, exactly, because they wanted it to sell more. But it didn't. No, because it, <laughs> nobody cared. Also, because they got rid of Michael Ironside. You get rid of Michael Ironside, go broke You're, every single time. It's doomed. That's why none of the Starship Troopers sequels made any money. Yeah. Because they killed him off in the first one. Well, I, I think nobody really knows yet what the final game's going to look like. All we have to go off, on, go off is this. But I will say this. I am way more excited for this than I would have been for Wildlands 2. Based, oh. Again, based upon what they showed. Because okay. I played Wildlands for like 15 <laughs> hours and didn't like it. It's probably the Ubisoft game I have played the least it is in the last like 20 years. Wildlands is the most Ubisoft Ubisoft game. Probably. It's because it mashes everything into one. Everything together, and it's just like every time I look at the map, I just get tired. Yeah, <laughs> like it's too much. So many icons, so many yeah. everything. You just keep zooming out and zooming out and zooming. I'm like, I'm never gonna get there. Yeah. Like, it's it's uh, it replaced it replaced uh, Assassin's Creed Unity. As the most tiring map to look at. <laughs> Do you remember Assassin's Creed Unity? Where it's just, yeah. it was just icons. Yeah. <laughs> it was just here's ten thousand things you have to do that you won't remember doing, or you just won't do them, yeah. like me. It's like I just ignore them. Like I love when games like that have a the ability to turn certain icons off of the map. It's like I just turn on the main story missions and the side missions, and off I go. I'm also interested to see if like because they describe this the setting as an archipelago. Um, which means there's going to have to be ways to get from island to island. Yeah. And uh, that can be boring or it can be interesting. And I wonder if we get like some submarine stuff or some cool like boat combat or... Well, we're going to talk about a game here in a little bit that uh, has those between location moments mm. and uh, we'll get to discuss whether it does it well or not. Um, but I'm, look, I'm excited for this. And if it was just Wildlands 2, I wouldn't be. So if, if it is subterfuge, it certainly worked on me at this point. I, I think... Uh... Yeah, I think you may have to have some words with Mr. Mr. Stone Chin when we get to E3 because he got you. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't think he has anything to do with the Ghost Recon games, actually. But well, he kind of has something to do with everything. Something to do with now. everything now. That's yeah, right. He's, he's sort of the BMOC he's the big guy. now. Yep. He's not the uh, the guy that reps Assassin's Creed anymore. Yeah. He's much bigger than that. Um, but that this game is coming out 2020. I think it's all they announced. Is it? Or is it this year? I thought it was this year. It might be actually. It might be in the fall. Which is good, because we need as many games as we can get in the fall at this point. It's starting to get a little bare here for the next, like, 12 months yeah, as we go through this awkward transition. Give it some time. It's not, uh, it's not E3 yet. But I'll say this. I was pleasantly surprised by uh, Breakpoint, and I am certainly excited to learn more about it at E3, and my guess is it will be one of the featured games um, at the show. It'll be playable on the floor, probably. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be dedicated. Yeah, October 4th. Okay, so it is this year. And I'm sure a uh, big chunk of it will be played at Ubisoft's press conference as well. Yeah, I would. we're not getting away from that. Ubisoft, looking like they have a really awesome E3. Yeah. 
You figure Beyond Good and Evil 2 is going to be in a good place to show. I and, hope so. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's the number one thing I'd like to see. Me too. Me too. And we're going to see, well, obviously Watch Dogs 3. Yep. I think we'll see For that. the first time. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to come out in November, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I mean, they have to have it for November, basically. Unless. No. Because it, Watch Dogs 3 is taking Assassin's Creed's like, slot. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what they've said. But like Assassin's Creed... Like they, they could get away with it, though, if they just put out that Ghost Recon. Ubisoft considers the, that stuff to be a different audience than uh, that's Assassin's fair. Creed. So <laughs> you got to hit both. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Particularly for Assassin's Creed and Beyond Good and Evil. That's, those mm-hmm. are definitely different audiences. And Watch, I mean, Watch Dogs is... Watch Dogs is like Wildlands. Watch Dogs is insane. It just takes it a little farther. Well, Watch Dogs is not gun-related, really. It's more Gadget. tech stuff. Yeah, tech. And uh, Watch Dogs also takes place in the Assassin's Creed universe. So. Yeah, that's true. All right. The Ubisoft cinematic game universe. Yeah. Yep. So you guys have probably been staring at that lower third and wondering, why are we going to talk about an Apple monopoly on Game Face? Oh, that's right. We do need to get to the poll of the week. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. So our poll of the week for Game Face was centered around this game, was centered around Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and it was kind of related to the discussion that we just had. So bring it up, Sam. So the Game Face poll of the week was, what did you think of the Ghost Recon Breakpoint debut? And the options <laughs> we gave you, what? Just, I didn't expect that many people to not care. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Um, so the options were, love the serious tone, uh, looks like an expansion, I need to see more, don't care about this IP. So... Yeah, 50% of people do not care about Ghost Recon. I just, like, it goes to my point about how, like, this is one of the Yet rare... Yet it sold, like, 30 right. million copies. This is one of the rare games that, like, is a massive, massive hit and doesn't ha- did not and does not have to appeal to the core gaming demographic. It does, yeah. I mean, it's not the core gaming demographic that takes a game from 3 million sales to 20 right. million. In this case, it seems to be, doesn't even take it from anywhere. <laughs> from anything. anywhere to anything, Yeah. But you can see, like, looks like an expansion. Only six percent. It by far the lowest on the poll. Um, but no matter what, seventy-five percent of people were basically like, "I'm not sold." Mm-hmm. That's really what. That's really what the takeaway is of this poll. Seventy-five percent of the people were like, "Eh, <laughs> I don't know." Um, and then twenty percent were. It seems 20% recognize that at least there was a little bit of a tonal shift in the I mean, game. I recognize the serious tone shift, but I still think it looks like an expansion. Like expand- so you would have tried to answer twice. Yes. <laughs> because, like, yeah, there's definitely a, a tone shift, but that doesn't mean it plays any different. Yeah. So, meh. We'll, we'll see. see. Well, the E3, I'm sure, will uh, be playable all up and down the floor. Yep. And if you're not happy with our poll results, then you need to follow us on Twitter, at Sifted Games, and vote in the poll every week and have your voice heard. All right, let's move on. You're probably wondering, like I said earlier, why are we going to talk about the Apple Monopoly uh, because it could have a huge impact on the games business. So for those of you who don't know, the I believe it was a Supreme Court judge ruled that iTunes is a monopoly and that customers are able to sue Apple for that hmm. in, in a class action lawsuit. Um, now you may say, okay, well, maybe iTunes is a monopoly. Maybe it is. I mean, I guess it is. In the sense that there's no meaningful competition, but it's not like they forcibly kill competition. Anyone can start an iTunes competitors. No, nobody thinks it's a good idea. No one's going to use it. Yeah. yeah. So basically, you're, you, the judge just opened up Apple to be sued for billions of dollars over basically nothing. 
But how does this relate to games? Well, how it relates to games is, if you think about it, your favorite console has basically the same thing. If you own a PlayStation, PSN is the same thing as iTunes. There's no other service on PlayStation where you can go to buy games or mm. rent movies. Actually, there is, like Voodoo or something on yeah, PlayStation. Well, see, that's I, I read some of this. That's, that's a non-starter because there is another place you can buy games uh, and movies for your PlayStation 4. It's called a store. Like, you mean like going to retail? Yeah. The problem with iTunes is there's no other way to get that music. Like there's no physical Apple, you know, you can't go to an Apple store and buy CDs and put them in iTunes that way. That's what the problem, the walled garden is so walled that the only way to get content for it is to go inside that infrastructure. Whereas like if, like that could be a, become a problem if once the all digital future becomes a thing. Right. Like that's probably another good reason to not eliminate physical copies of discs yet. Um, before someone figures out how that works. Because look, it's not a matter of like, we can never go away from physical because otherwise we'll get nailed for being a monopoly. It's about give us time for our lobbying groups to change the laws to suit the way we want to do business and then we'll get rid of physical media. Right. Because that's how business works. It does, yeah. So I don't think it's an issue really in the, in the immediate future unless you're Apple. Uh, although Apple was considering very strongly getting rid of iTunes anyway and going to a more Spotify sort of service. Well, they already have it, Apple um, Music. Yeah, but I mean, they would literally be getting rid of the purchasing thing. You can't, wouldn't be able to buy music yeah, from you Apple buy, at you, all. You'd, you'd just be having the Apple Music subscription. Interesting. Which I feel would be a thing the artists and record labels would have a few things to say yeah, about. Yeah, because they hate Spotify. Yeah, because well, they make more money off of actual individual sales. sales. Yeah. So there's a, there's, a, there's a sea change coming in how Apple handles music, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next year or two. Um, and this is just part of that landscape. My wife got a free subscription to Apple Music for like signing up with Verizon or something, and she like loves it. Loves mm. it. Um, I've never even used Spotify. I got Apple Music for free when I got my new iPhone, and I never even like downloaded it. Like, I'm still old school, buy music and buy CDs or buy mp3s things like that um so i guess i'm a little bit outdated in that way um so you don't think that this will have anything to do or have any impact on xbox or sony i don't see it really no just because you can buy games at retail well you're not forced to use the digital marketplace controlled by them to buy content for it like you can go and buy it at brick and mortar and control the content that way like, that's, that's the legal argument you'd use to I get mean, out of that I mean, you can situation. use that argument I mean, with, with Apple, too, though, because I can buy music anywhere and then put it on my iPod Yeah, or but, my me, but nobody does that. I know? do. Well, you're weird. That's what I just said. <laughs> I just said that's what I do. Like, I think music's, physical music sales and physical video game sales are two very different beasts right now in the market. And if anyone does, did, I mean, you could theoretically bring suit to, to PlayStation or Microsoft on that, but, like, I think their, their counter would be like, well, if you don't like doing that, just go you know, go to the store and buy it on a disc. Um, that's a har harder sell from, for Apple, in large part because, uh, the, you know, the gaming market is a smaller, you know, obviously there's digital-only stuff, but the big stuff is always going to be available on disc. Um, far fewer games are released for these platforms than music is released, period. Um, you know, it's not like you could go to, like, say, Best Buy or Walmart and get the music selection variety that you could get just by browsing iTunes. Whereas if you go to, a, like, a, a, your average video game section, you've got, like, most of the main stuff, you know? Like, it's... You don't, though, because if you think about PSN or Xbox Live, it has that gigantic back catalog. 
Yeah, but that's this old, and if you go to the store, it's rotating. So as games become old, six months old, they're taken off the shelves, and you can't buy it at the store anymore. Yeah, but then you then that's not a monopoly argument. That's an argument for why it's good for the consumer because then you don't have to worry about scarcity. Like there's a there's a counter for everything on the on the video game thing as long as those physical discs still exist as a major source of revenue, which they still are because otherwise the NPD wouldn't still count them, um, and we'd be trying to shift to like digital sales, which I know we are, but like. None of the companies will tell us what anything sells. Well, there's a recent study that showed that the shift to digital isn't as extreme as everyone's making it out to mm -hmm. be. That retail still drives the industry, brick and mortar. I would say for the, in the AAA space, that's certainly very true. Yeah. And like, obviously, digital sales are becoming more and more adopted. And I think for online-centric games like Destiny or whatever, you're going to see a lot of you know, digital sales, maybe even, even in the majority. Uh, I know that's what EA seems to be claiming for Anthem. Because um, an apparently Anthem sold very well, but you're sure not seeing that in, in the physical retail sales. Yeah, um, for sure. But at the same time, Anthem's a game that I certainly wouldn't mind not having physical, because what good does a physical copy of that game ever do you? Like, yeah. You can't play it offline, and if nope. whenever it goes away, now you just have a useless disc. Well, you can sell it to someone still. Who also wants a useless disc. I mean, you're, you're really leaning on the collector's market at that point. I mean, point. no, it's still, a key, it's still the key to play the game. I mean, it's I mean of, when Anthem goes away oh, in the future. I mean, yeah, I mean, then yeah. it's just worthless, yeah. Um, Even the digital version is going to be worthless. Oh, so. yeah. But, like, <laughs> like everything but, will be. but at least the digital version didn't create more landfill waste, right? Yeah, but I mean, conceivably, you could have bought Anthem on disc and then played it and then sold the disc and got yeah. some of your money back, which you can't do with digital at all, so. True. Um, you just have to yell at Sony until they relent. Yeah. I mean, um, one thing I would say is it does seem like Sony is more protected from this than Microsoft because Sony does have, like I said, it has Voodoo, so it's you don't have to rent movies from Sony on PS3. Four or probably PS5, you can use some other program. Mm -hmm. Microsoft doesn't seem to have as much of that kind of peripheral stuff on Xbox Live, though. It seems more closed than PlayStation. Yeah, I mean they have a lot. Of, I just don't think it's a it's an issue. Like, I mean honestly, it shouldn't have really been an issue like for it, Apple, to be honest. I mean like, it's an issue for Apple because they've just ended up as the only game in town for purchased digital music. Like, yeah. everything else is gone. Whereas, like you know, at the very at the, you know just Straight up, you can be like, well, the only things you really can only get digitally on PlayStation Network is indie stuff that Sony published. It's not even indie if Sony published it, really. Yeah. But like, you can, you could get most of the stuff that's Smaller also available games. digital on Steam or on Microsoft's store or sometimes on Switch. Like, you know, you have other options. So by definition, that's not a monopoly. It's not an antitrust problem. Um, the only stuff that's like really there that you can only get on Sony is Sony's game. You know, got a war. Days Gone, which is selling in Japan in numbers that I don't understand. Yeah, um, weird. I guess we're getting another one of those, maybe. If, if, I don't know if we if, are. If Japan's, I Japan mean, loves it so much. 100K sales, that's nothing. No, but... That it, is nothing. It did pretty well. Yeah, that's 100... Yeah, I mean, for Japan, that's 100K. Still sold okay. Like, it didn't blow the doors off anything, but it seems like it sold, like, Detroit Become Human levels. Right. You think that's enough for a sequel for a game that's that big? I don't know. I mean, you see what happened with Quantic after Detroit sold the way it did. Yeah, but Detroit was, like, their third shot at that. Yeah. yeah and, yeah, I wouldn't surprise... I think Sony would like to have another AAA developer in their back pocket. And for Sony, sure. I think Sony Ben could get there if you give them a little more, a couple more tries. Um, it's expensive experimentation. Well, it's an expensive business. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody knew if God of War was going to sell what it sold, but they spent all that money making it. Well, it was game of the year. Yeah, but they didn't know that before they released it. Like, you had to spend the money first. Well, it was Sony Santa Monica. 
You still got to spend the money first. Nothing's well, guaranteed. Yeah, but it's pretty safe having... I, you could let Sony Santa Monica make a Bubsy game, and I think it would probably do pretty well. I don't know. Like, it's still a risk. It's still a risk even doing a Spider-Man game. You don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. There's bigger risks than others. There are, but like... You know, I wouldn't have greenlit Days Gone, but like, yeah. it sold well enough that I think. I you mean, can back re- when they started pitching it, I probably would. I wouldn't shut Sony Ben down over it. Oh no, know? no, definitely not. I'm not saying that. So, like, that's your other option. No, yeah. the other option is they move on and create a new IP. Mm, that worked so well this time. I think they should reiterate on what they got because I, I I agree with the reviews that said uh, it's like a good proof of concept for a really nice sequel. Yeah. They could they could pull out something good if they, you know, once everything's in place now. But to get back to the uh, Monopoly thing, I just don't think it applies to... Uh, uh, I don't think it applies remotely to a a market that has so much competition. Like, it's just not it's just not comparable. Like, the, you, you have Microsoft and you have Sony and you have Nintendo all out there, and that's not even including PC, which now has even more co- competition thanks to Epic. Um, it's just not... There's no comparison to be drawn between that and iTunes, which rules digital music purchases with an iron fist and has for like over a decade. Like, when was what was the last competitor to iTunes? You mean on Apple devices? No, in, in anything. Like, you because I could I use non iTunes stuff on my Apple stuff. I mean, I you mean as up. far as going and buying music online? No, I would use like other MP3 players. Yeah. But in terms of like buying music, like you could, you know, you could buy like, I can buy MP3s on Amazon. Yeah, and you can put buy them, them anywhere. Put them in there. Yeah. So, um, so wait, what's your, what was your question? My question is like, who's the competitor to iTunes? Like who's the equivalent of like Microsoft to, to Apple's Sony? Like there isn't one. Like they, no. they just rule that roost. I mean, I, I buy MP3s all over the place. I buy them from like Beatport and like mm-hmm. everywhere. So there are competitors, but. But not like that. I mean, it's, it's I don't think that's what the monopoly is, though. I don't think that's why why the judge ruled that way. It's because people who have Apple platforms don't have another option. They've monopolized iOS essentially. So if you need anything for iOS, games, music, whatever, you have to go through their storefront. Well, then that's the App Store, not iTunes. Like, right. You're talking about the full walled garden they have. Yeah. I guess I I buy stuff programs for for Apple that's not on the App Store. Like that's an odd. I mean I I mean I guess like if you're not an informed consumer, you don't know you can do that. And that's yeah. the but that's the goal Apple wants to achieve. Obviously, yeah. Like they don't want you to know that you can do other things. But when you talk about the Supreme Court, it's not about what they want; it's what you can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should be. It shouldn't be about perception. It should be either there is a way for people to get something right. outside of here, or there isn't. I mean, I find it a little odd that that would be the decision made on that. Um, like, it doesn't seem all that different from Microsoft, from Windows. You know, there's a Windows store, there's an Xbox store, and yeah. all on there. Um, if you want to just download stuff and install it on a MacBook, you can, like, from anywhere. Like, that's not exclusively through the App Store. That's weird. And see, I, I'm, con- I'm still... Unless con- you want to specifically use, like, Apple products, then you're stuck with the App Store. Yeah. See, I'm still confused by your analogy, though, of being able to go out and buy a game when I can go out and buy music. Like, I don't get, I still don't understand it. Well, because the, I thought you, you were saying that they made that judgment against iTunes. They did. Well, I guess Apple in general. I mean, you're talking about the App Store, that's different. Like, iTunes is a specific thing involving one industry. If the App Store is what they're making that judgment against, then that's a different beast. But, but even I under, if it, I understand that even less. Right. But even if it were just iTunes, your analogy to me doesn't make sense because you can go buy music anywhere yeah, but and, and mu- put it on your phone or on your iPad. Yeah, but the music industry, the physical music industry is dead in terms of, like, 
buying digital stuff physically to then put on your digital device. Like it's not dead in the sense that like you know vinyl exists, DJ culture exists, like all that stuff. But it doesn't ex- music stuff doesn't exist in the way that like video game physical media does. I mean, the store, most of the stores have gone away. We're lucky. We live in LA, so we have Amoeba, which mm-hmm. is freaking amazing. Um, but you're right. Most places there aren't record stores, but you can go on Amazon and still buy CDs. Yeah, but like, who does that? That's what, see, that's, it, what, I, but that's that, what I mean. That's not what you, when you're talking about a monopoly, though. It doesn't matter what people do. Yeah, but you're it's ass- that they have the option But you're to. assuming that the people, the judge who made that judgment is aware of that. Right, and we're talking. Well, to, he is like eighty. We're probably. talking about we're talking he about a world. You're talking about someone who was probably just told all this stuff by whoever did the research for him or whatever. What he was presented by. We're talking about a world in which the federal, the federal judge, you know, the Supreme Court heard, you know, when they were do, dealing with like the violence in video games, they were talking about Resident Evil and the entire court case. They called it the the Resident of Evil Creek. Yeah, like <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Well, I know how I get that, but but my point is, is if you're saying. PlayStation and Xbox are safe because of that. They really shouldn't be because Apple wasn't safe because of that. That's not why Apple ended up becoming sort of the... Well, I got to be missing something from your description of this then because that doesn't make sense. Like, there it must, doesn't. There must be more to the, to the ruling than just the iTunes thing. So I don't know what... No, I mean, the ruling was that Apple is a monopoly because it controls all the content that can go onto your device. But you're not forced to buy an Apple device, so I don't understand how that ruling works. Well, they're saying people who have bought Apple devices were screwed, and so now they have the ability to file a class action lawsuit against Apple to try to get reparations. That's, that's weird. That's it like, is weird. The whole thing is goofy. That's, that's, what like, I, that's, that's why like, we're talking about this. That's because like saying it's so that if I bought goofy. a DVD player, I should be able to sue because I can't play VHS tapes on it. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why we're talking about this is because what they're doing to Apple doesn't make sense. And if that's what they're doing to Apple, they could absolutely do it to PlayStation or Xbox. Or why any. would they? Why would they do it to Apple? Because Apple pissed Trump off. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but maybe He's that's... still upset about the Tim Apple thing. I, bet <laughs> that I, I would not be surprised whatsoever that this is where it kind of that stemmed from. It, I mean, that's the level of pettiness that we're at right now. Oh, You're yeah. right. But that doesn't change just, the fact... Just hope Sean Layton doesn't piss anyone in Washington <laughs> off, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that was my point, is that this Apple thing is absurd. And if, if you're going to allow that to happen to Apple, then it could absolutely happen to Xbox or PlayStation. That's all I'm saying. And it could happen. But you're right. Maybe there's a vendetta against Apple, or they think Apple is making so much money that they're worth going after, whereas they don't think the other two are but it still cracks the door open for other services similar to what Apple offers to become a target. This seems like a stretch. It seems like the usual gamer paranoia to me. Like, it's just like, oh, this thing happened and that leaves this tiny crack of a thing open for them to destroy my hobby and so I'm gonna freak out about it. I don't think it's just gamers. <laughs> Most mm. people are that way. I mean, you could talk about a million things where people think that. It's mm. the slippery slope. Right. And the slippery slope works in all kinds of topics, not just games. Yeah, but it seems to come up a lot more here. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> look, like, I, I agree. Uh, look, the, the... I don't think, like, now that this happened, like, tomorrow, Sony's going to... There's going to be a class... Although, Sony's already fought off or, and lost a couple class action lawsuits. Mm. But I don't think this is, like, opening the floodgates and now the federal government is just going to start looking at every piece of hardware and... Do they have a proprietary service on that hardware that, o- that only people can access that stuff? I don't think that'll happen, but I think it opens the door for it to happen. Well, I don't think it opens anything. It's it's probably not even going to hold up after a while. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Because at that point, it's like, 
Well, then you can go after the smart TV you bought that has like you, know, you go to the Samsung thing and get the apps. No, that it's way. true. It's the it's same like, thing. It doesn't like you it's can't, the same thing. But you can't. That doesn't make any sense. Like you can't do that. And it's, it's just they just did. They made a ruling. That doesn't mean it's going to become law of the land forever. Like yeah. like things change. We're about to lose a very important decision that uh, has been the law of the land for a long time. It's always reversible. And if it's uh, if you know, it comes to business interests, anything's reversible. So. I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm not. I'm, it's not a thing. I mean, I need to read more about it if that's really what they're after. I read some. I saw some weird thing about, oh, Apple lost some kind of antitrust thing judgment, and that means the PlayStation Store is next or some shit. It's just like okay, like I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but like you, I don't know how you let that judgment happen uh, unless you have a very uninformed judge or a very poor legal team. Like it just seems like you could make a lot of arguments about how. Why is Apple not a monopoly? Because no one's forced to buy an Apple product. Like, Windows exists, Linux exists. Like, if you don't want to be part of that environment, you don't have to be. I mean, that's true. It's totally true. So what are they talking about? I don't know. I and mean, I don't, it, like, maybe we should ask the judge that. What and the I, hell are you talking plenty, about? I have plenty of applications I've downloaded off of other things I didn't get through the App Store that I can play through my application. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean it's not like it's common, and it's not like all the more, it's much more convenient to go to the App Store because everything's just there but if there's something that they don't offer i can find it elsewhere i have a bunch of stuff like that on my macbook so yeah i mean i like i said i buy still buy cds and that's how i get most i mean of they don't make it easy on. like yeah. in, importing some of the mp3s from other sites i get like trying to get on my phone is just a pain um i'm sure that's an, I'm, you could sue them for that <laughs> like how about making it easier to like no i mean if you use iTunes, it's just drag and drop yeah, but sometimes it doesn't work, and I can't just automatically sync stuff I buy from other sites. Like with my iTunes library, if I put it in my iTunes library on my MacBook, my phone can't see that. I have to plug my phone in. I don't have any problems yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Wow. I to, I, my, my phone won't see it, so I have to... That's yeah. strange. Mine well, I think, doesn't do that. I, I have to put anything I don't buy on iTunes itself directly onto my phone if I want to, if I want to put it on there. It won't automatically load. Anything I buy through iTunes is already there to be downloaded if I want or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also don't have my phone like sync fully every time I plug it in because I don't want the same. I don't sync it at all hmm. because every time you do, it creates another thirty gigabyte backup on my hard drive. Yeah, that's all. And my a hard drive space is precious. Let but me no, tell anything you. I buy like off Amazon, like music I buy off Amazon or other other things do not end up on my phone unless I specifically put it there. Well, yeah. So that that be that's the thing that I could stand and have changed. Uh, like I don't think that's an antitrust issue. No, I just think it's a usability issue. Yeah, iTunes has sucked for as long as I can remember. Yeah. I used to use Winamp back in the day. I used Winamp, yeah. (laughs) I wonder if it still exists. I don't know. I'm sure all my old Winamp skins won't work anymore. (laughs) That's right. I had skins too. In fact, that might be be the first time I ever heard of skins was with Winamp. What was that? Oh, God. I think the first first thing I I heard of skins was Quake. Yeah, maybe. Quake was when skins. It was all around that same time, though. It's interesting. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Rage 2. It's our last topic of the show. Save the big game for last, and it is undoubtedly uh, the biggest topic of the week. The game just came out today, or last night, I guess, if you're... uh... Ooh, chat's getting sassy with us. Oh, really? Over what? We're horribly uninformed and painful. About what? What we just talked about. I mean, I'll freely admit to that, but I didn't know we were talking about this, so... What, they're calling us Apple fanboys? Mm. Why? I don't know. <laughs> okay, whatever. I use a lot of Apple stuff, but like... I well, think... what, well, wait. Let's not move on. Let's figure out what they think that we're saying is wrong. 
I'm not an Apple fanboy. I got like my first iPhone, like was like the iPhone five, like ten years ago. I'm not an Apple. Yeah, you fanboy. Re you resisted the Apple call for a long yes, time. Yes, like you guys are full of it. I'm just telling the truth and what I think from my heart. I know that may be hard for some people to understand because so many people in our industry don't do it, but that's how I roll. So what do we got wrong? Oh, what are they saying? WinApp does still exist. Hooray. Does it? Is that, to, is that what they're pissed off about? No, too fast. That we left WinApp for iTunes? <laughs> we should still be on WinApp? I have not jailbroken anything, and I download stuff on my MacBook without the App Store all the time. So that's wrong. Phones, yes. That, but that's a different issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I can put anything on my phone that I want. I have to plug it into my PC, and I can just drag and drop it onto my phone. I think he's talking about, like, app. You can't install third-party apps on the oh, iPhone. yeah. But I can install... And they say that that's, like, protecting you or whatever, but it really is just to close off the system. I don't see where people are complaining, honestly, other than someone calling us Apple fanboys, which is bullshit. Look at Wanex Solo. Next time, read up more on a topic, please. This segment was painfully misinformed. Seriously. Um, Johnny Hurricane, boy, we should really stick to video games, huh? Um, it's all it's all in there. That's the only two I see. Well, it's not like we got hundreds of people in chat. <laughs> I'm I'm curious what you guys think that we said that we were uninformed about. Well, apparently it's about phones, not about just gen the general store. Oh. Okay. That's what they're saying. It's about it's about the actual phones. I don't know how that changes our discussion though. I don't know. I don't either. Okay. Well, we're going to move on anyway. We're going to make you happy, and we're going to talk more about video games. I haven't read the, the actual details on what this ruling was, so I didn't... Uh, I, I did read. I did, read a couple stories about it. Right. Well, I just didn't expect it to come up, because it's not game-related. It yeah, is game-related. Well, if you're paranoid, it's game-related. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not paranoid. It, it's, the topics on this show are to generate interesting discussion. That's it. Around games. Well, I'll wait until Sony gets sued before I worry about it. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Rage 2. The game just came out today or last night if you're on the East Coast and decided to do a midnight sale. Uh, I've been playing it since Saturday. I got review code, like, Saturday afternoon. Um, I am, I played about 14 hours, roughly. I feel like I'm almost done with it, which is really shocking to me. Um, I'm nowhere near like 100%ing the map or anything like that, but the narrative seems to be winding down. Um, it seems I, about right for an open world main story. Yeah. Yeah. Most most of the like, if you burn through that, I mean, not Assassin's Creed like Odyssey or something, but most of these kind of shooting open world games, I feel like they're about 15 to 20 hours if you just beeline. Yeah, I don't know. But like, I can't do that. Like Far not, Cry, we just my... played. I, that was supposed to be like a little offshoot, and, I, and it took me like almost 30 hours to finish the campaign. Yeah, but that one, uh, I think if you got to the end of that campaign without like some serious, like almost fully upgraded, it was really hard. Yeah. Like they, they seem to expect you it to play the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and look, the playtime I'm at, I'm, it's not like I've checked everything off the map. Like I've, missed, I've been playing the main missions and the side missions. And then if I stumble across stuff, mm. like as I'm driving around, then I'll tackle it. Uh, but it is not, it's not as big as Days Gone. It's not, as, it's not a 60 to 80 hour game that would kind of be big. It doesn't really to. have a very big map, really. Yeah, the map's not especially big either. Um, and I think there are reasons for that. Um, what are your impressions? So let's actually, let's set up the story first and give a, a plot um, synopsis. So. Your <laughs> Rage came out a while ago, and it was a little 
weird and didn't end very well, and so we're just going to jump 30 years ahead and forget that. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Because, well, the end of Rage was basically you you brought the arcs that, like, had all the people sleeping in them, like, back up. And, like, it was supposed to be, like, everybody came out of the arcs and now life was going to be different. And it turns out in Rage 2 that everyone just fought wars for, like, 30 years. And now all the people that came out of the arcs are, like, 50 or 60. And there's a new generation. And you create... You don't create a character. You pick male or female character. And then the character you don't pick gets horribly killed, yeah. like, five, 50 <laughs> seconds later. I and, thought that was pretty clever, actually. And, you're, uh, and then your character's like, well, better you than me. I'm yeah. just like, oh, there's some real camaraderie in these barracks over here. Um, yeah. And you're like, basically, you've been trained as like the next generation of what are called rangers, which seem to just be like really badass soldiers who have like nanites in their blood, superhuman abilities, and wear a special armor outfit, like kind of like a Master Chief sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and in the court, it opens with the Vineland, the, the your stronghold being attacked by uh, by the authority, the uh, the cyborg <laughs> Most monsters. Most generically named enemies yes. of all time. I mean, you, of course they're so, called the authority. So generic they could be in Destiny, <laughs> and um, they could be the fourth enemy faction in Destiny or the fifth <laughs> enemy faction in Destiny, and. Um, they attack and destroy everything. They kill your mentor, uh, your aunt, and during the course of the battle, they kill one of the rangers, and you take his armor. In a, in a surprisingly graphic scene, in which you're peeling his limbs out of the various components of armor, yeah, this, and this you game put it on. Doesn't pull any punch. Don't forget that he just had his head bit yeah, off. Yeah, he right had his head bit that. off by a giant monster. In fact, go to the B-roll, Sam, because we're kind of talking through the beginning of the B-roll right now. And. Um, and so after that, like all basically, and and at the end of the battle, you're the last ranger left, which means you have to go out and kind of reestablish connections with all the different settlements and find all the arcs that have been unopened and all the arcs upgrade your nanite abilities. So you get like that's how you get new weapons. It's how you get uh, uh, new abilities. You get like superhuman abilities like that. You can do like dash dodges or double jumps or uh, force pushes. Um, ground pounds, like you, you, you. I admittedly hardly ever use that. I only really, I don't have everything yet. I'm, I'm much early. I'm only like three hours in. But I, the main one I use is uh, the force push because it knocks armor off people. Eventually, there there are some parts of the game where you have to use specific actions from mm -hmm. from that, like uh, the dash. Like there's a boss you fight where you have to use the dash or you'll never beat the boss. But for like moment to moment gameplay, like I hardly ever use it. Yeah, well, also, it's also, like, it's all controlled by the left bumper. Yeah. And, like, I find it a little awkward. It is awkward, because you have to basically, yeah, you have to hold that left bumper and then do a the movement. Button, or move a direction with the left stick and press the left bumper. And then hit a button. Then, and, yeah, it's, it's a little little rough. It doesn't quite, it's not as smooth as it probably should be. Um, but that's basically it. They, they give you three people you're supposed to go find. Each one is connected to a different ability unlock tree. And they set you loose and that's that's pretty much it yeah yeah there's like this evil cyborg you're seeing right now general what's his name stone general, general or cross general cross yeah that's what his name is and uh, he's like half human half mm -hmm. machine um more than half machine yeah he also pretty has, much just a he human also has brain. a face in his chest look at that yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> it's a mean face on his chest that's that's like a that's like the cyborg version of a Skull tattoo, I guess. I think the first piece of opinion I'm going to give on this game is the story and the setting, and and I I don't like it. I the world is like repugnant, and maybe that's part yeah. of the goal. I think it's definitely intentional. But yes. the character models are really hard to look at, and just like the art style is very weird. 
playing the game compared to the marketing. So the marketing was all like day glow and neon and like this kind of a punk rock aesthetic to it. But when you play the game, it doesn't really feel yeah. that way. There, there you saw the character you didn't pick just got yeah. crushed by a door. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's still there, but it's only there in like weird, like like your your GPS guidance thing is like neon pink. Yeah. And like the boxes are like the boxes the, are bright. Like the loot like, boxes are. Sometimes they'll send up like little firework things in places, yeah. or like the 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 um the feltrite, which is the like the the magic energy source, glows like a neon blue, like yeah. an electric blue. So it's there, but like most of it looks like this. Yeah. It's just sort of like general green and brown and gray with various things on fire (laughs) surrounding it. There's some cool stuff. I mean, it runs very well. Like you said, on the Xbox One X, it runs at a pretty solid 60 frames. Um, very smooth. Uh, it, it has some pretty bad pop-in. Yeah. On, um, PS4 Pro, same. On uh, when you're driving fast in the vehicles. Trees just um, drawing in in front of you. And... I, th- I, I kind of like the world. I think I think it's kind of a nice... Um, uh, it is very bleak and it's very grotesque. And uh, you, it's not a place you'd want to visit. Um, oh, there's the scene so there's, talking Yeah, about. There's, the, there's the ranger dying. <laughs> um, it, is, it is graphic in ways that like a lot of games aren't yeah um, i'd agree with that yeah like, and like it's just like you go to towns and like everyone's either snide to you yelling at you or crying in a corner um, but no matter what there's way too many of them talking at once yeah there's no yeah, <laughs> it is insane how many voices are playing at once sometimes in this game like yeah. literally like 30 people will be talking at once and it's like all coming from different directions like it's pretty crazy like the audio in this game is pretty freaking good yeah. That is one thing. That is probably one of the strongest parts of this game, other than the gunplay. Yeah, the audio is good, and like the you know the audio and the gunplay match up well in a lot of places. The guns sound good. They they feel good. Uh, similar, I think there's been there's some Destiny actually influence in this in the sense that like you know, the headshots, the, he, the headshots in particular, <laughs> but they fighting like feels good with the guns. But like the headshot when you blow blow a guy's head off, you get a little skull icon. You get a little like a little like pop sound and their head pops and all like the feltrite and loot kind of pops out of them it's got that same sort of like addictive quality that um that headshots in destiny have i believe it is the best headshot in the history of video games it's real good it is very good it is very satisfying it makes you want to just keep like, doing it when i kill a guy without use without using a headshot i am disappointed i hate myself yeah. <laughs> like oh i didn't get to do a headshot like it's Seriously, it's hard to put into words, but the the feet, everything about it, the sound effects that are playing, the feedback you feel in your mm-hmm. hands, the the fact that when you when the head pops, one of the gems always flies straight up in the air. You get the icon. It is just perfect, and it just and it teaches you to keep doing it, and that's how you have to. Mm-hmm. Like you have to deliver headshots constantly, or you'll get your ass kicked in this game. And the good news is, the game encourages you to do it teaches you how to do it, and once you learn how to do it, you want to keep doing it. Yep. It feels awesome. The gunplay in this game is sublime. It feels yeah. so good. It, it's it, also one of the only ga- shooters I enjoy using a shotgun in. Y'all, man. I'm like, usually a not a shotgun fan, but the either? shotgun in this is really good. Oh, yeah. It's so, it feels so good. And that's what I would say about this game is gunplay, awesome. Everything else, average to mm. poor. <laughs> It's, uh, 
I don't. Th- I mean, I haven't played it long enough to get tired of it yet. So yeah. it's probably like you're just you just have seen more of it. Yeah, than yeah. I the have. missions start getting really repetitive, yeah. really. Quickly. But like I said, it's like you know how like the repetition in Days Gone hurt it a lot for me. Like repetition's okay with me if I enjoy. If what it's I'm great, doing. yeah. Um, and I don't see myself getting tired of blowing heads up in this game. Look, I soon. never get tired of fighting. It's like I I hate the 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 art design in this game. Mm-hmm. I, the characters and the voice acting just great on my nerves. It's like, oh, I I can't find a full voice cast for this, but I'm pretty sure the 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 computer voice when you go into the arc pods and yeah. like you know the, I'm pretty sure that's the same woman who did the voice of Failsafe in Destiny Two. No, oh, really, because it's the same performance. It's it's the same sort of like relentlessly chirpy but also sort of sinister thing yeah. it might not be her because she is an actual like mainstream she's been in santa clara to diet and a few like real shows so then maybe they just whoever the voice actress is they might have just said here we're gonna play this clip of failsafe make it like this but one way or the other the 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 arc ai computer is definitely um based on failsafe from destiny the, the i think there are big fans of destiny over here at, at the at avalanche whoever made this understand avalanche, avalanche. Yeah. Well, you can actually see that this game was co-developed by Avalanche and id. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely split it's, 50-50 yeah. right down the middle between those two studios. It is exactly like, what you think that, is exactly, that chocolate and peanut butter combination would be. <laughs> it is to a T, man. Like, the gunplay, id, 100%. Mm-hmm. It feels like a, like a more fluid, more open doom. Yeah. And that is freaking great. The game design, the level design is basically Mad Max from Avalanche. Yeah. They've just taken... It's like, like, imagine if Mad Max was fun to play. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. Because, look, there's a kind of a, a, an audience for Mad Max. There's this, like, yeah. growing group of people who have enjoyed the game. He's like a lot of it, the BFG. <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it was given away for free at certain points, and mm. people got to try it and didn't have to shell out money for it and found that it was actually not a terrible game. Um, so you see the open world stuff from that, and then you see the gunplay and the combat that you get from id with games like Doom. And in all honesty, I would say the first Rage. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are probably wondering, what, why is this called Rage? Yeah. And rightfully so. <laughs> I can understand why they would At first ask glance, that. it's like, okay, it's, in a, it's post-apocalyptic and you have that wing stick thing. Yeah. Which I never use because I, I can't figure it. out how to use I it I never right. used it. I've never used it. <laughs> like it's I literally they gave it to me I threw it once and I never threw it again so yep. like all the skill trees that are related to that thing like I just ignore them I just use grenades you can do crazy stuff with it though like if you boost out your skill tree you can throw like curve them and manually control like where they fly while they're flying which is cool yeah. but, but like, like, just throw a grenade but shit's happening so fa- <laughs> like, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the way like they handle the health in this um, yeah it's different because like because sure. the way the health works is you don't regenerate really you yeah. maybe a little tiny sliver or something you don't really regenerate um, you have health packs that you can you, know, you regenerate act- like 10 health after a little you get bit out of a it's nothing it's, it's it's not much and like then you um, you have health packs that you can like use whenever you want. You carry a limited number and use them, and like it charges you up like a, like fifty percent or something. And then every, every time enemies die, they drop those the glowing feltrite shards, and yep. those are kind of like the little armor pieces in Doom, where they do like two or three health yep. per. And you can use like you can hold L LB and do focus, It'll and you suck can them suck up. them in. Yeah. Um, but the the trick on that is like, so every time you kill an enemy, you do have an opportunity to get some life back. But it's not so much life that you can be reckless about it. 
And the fact that you don't regenerate means you have to keep moving forward and doing that. You run out of health health regenerators real fast if you, you if you're if you're reckless. And so I feel like it really actually they, I feel like they did a good job like figuring out a way to make a health system that's not frustrating but also doesn't make it too easy for you. Yep. Um, so I think. I, like, I think you're right that the world is sort of the weak link on this, but I do feel like they put a lot of thought into, into the gameplay where it counts. Absolutely. Uh, the gameplay, I love it, man. I love playing this game. But it's the stuff in between that I dislike. Like, I don't like interfacing with any of the characters in this game. I have not met a single character in this game that I liked. Not one. I'm trying to think. I kind of like the, the, the woman in the boardroom. Like, the... The one she's one of the upgrade people. Oh, uh, okay. I can't remember. Yeah, her name. she's not bad. I can't remember her name because she doesn't have an actual human name, as or at least it's a name I've never heard of before. Um, the doctor is just gross. All of them. Like and, you'll uh, the, you'll meet more, and they just <laughs> get worse and worse. Like there's this woman who lives in like a brothel or whatever, and it was embarrassing playing it with Michelle, my <laughs> wife, in the room. It was she. I, I felt awful. Like it's one of those moments where you're like, yeah. This does not make me look good. Because it was just this woman who was trying to be sexy, but she was like 80 years old, and like, in the dialogue just kept going on and on. It's like, I get it, you're a madam. I don't want sex, just let me leave so I don't have to listen to you talk anymore. There's tons of characters like that in this game. Yeah, well, it's not the most carefully crafted script no. in the history of gaming. I mean, just while, just while you were here, you know, when you first got here, I found sheriff spelled wrong. Yeah. In in one of the characters' name titles. Unless sheriff misspelled is supposed to be his first name. And that wasn't a bit character either. That's a character that, that gives just, you... That was a speaking character. Yeah, that gives yeah. you missions. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would say that would be a criticism is that unlike a lot of open world games, there's really not a whole lot to do in between locations. Yeah, there's a lot of like random guy, monster... Not Dude, monsters, like, but like, they're all hanging out and like fighting road. around and like for, to, to their credit, like every time you pass a car, they don't instantly try to suicide run into you and yeah. you get where you need to go. But like, I've stopped a few times to have like those fights, and there's no reward for like there's no real reward for it unless it's unless it's part not of like a, if it's part of like a bounty or a contract that is obviously going to give you a reward. Like there's no reason to stop and get into random fights. altercations. Yeah, um, and like there's stuff like this like you come across gas stations, you have to blow up like all the yeah tanks like these are like is, you know established locations where you have to blow you blow up all the tanks you. Kill all the goons and you find all, you know, it's, it's like your standard complete the location open world thing. And there are nests where you go, and I'll say one thing, the nests in this game are brutal. Like, there are literally, some of them have like 40 or 50 enemies mm. you have to kill before you take them over. That's where the shotgun becomes important. Yeah, I mean, just Best anti-mutant weapon. You survive by any means necessary, basically. Some of them are pretty challenging. But what I'm talking about more about travel is that it's just a dirt road yeah. in between two locations. Like, most games that, that are open world now, you have wildlife to deal with in between. You have, like, nature to deal with in between. This is literally just a dirt road that goes from point A mm. to point B. And you don't really have the option of, like, driving off it. because nope. the Because the vehicle, at least the vehicle I have now, maybe the later ones have flied. There's gyrocopters or something. I don't have a copter still. I've seen, I've seen a gyrocopter, like, unlockable, but I haven't found it. I haven't got one yet. But, like, basically, if you go off the road, it's really easy to get stuck. Oh, yeah. You go off the road, you get stuck. And, like, I got stuck and couldn't figure out how to get unstuck and started trying to use grenades to, like, blow my vehicle <laughs> off of Halo the stuff. Halo style. Yeah. yeah, and it wouldn't work. And then I just started searching through the menus, and pro tip, 
in the menus, you can reset your vehicle by clicking and holding L3. You'll mm. thank me next week. But and you can also summon the vehicle. You can. Yeah, again, by clicking, by clicking L3. It'll cost you money, though. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but again, it's like all this stuff that bothers me, like once I start fighting, it doesn't matter. Mm. It, it just feels so good and so fun and so active and so fast. Uh, like you, I've been playing on PS4 Pro, not on Xbox One X, but it runs like lightning. There, I have had a few moments of slowdown, like noticeable slowdown. Like, not like you need like a meter to tell you it's slowing mm -hmm. down, like you can tell. But that has any... happened to me when I'm in the buggy and not hmm. during combat. I haven't seen any slowdown yet, but I don't think I've really been anywhere particularly busy yet. Yeah. Like, I'm just sort of driving through. The... No, even these moments, it wasn't like I was driving through a big mm. metropolis. I just turned the wrong way at the wrong mm. time, and the engine wasn't ready for it. I haven't, seen that nope. on the, I haven't seen that on the X. The main thing I've seen on the X is driving over a certain speed, the pop-in and geometry kind of, you know, that geometry, you know, shifting you see, like becomes real obvious yeah um also there's like there's some weird um some weird lighting here's glitches. what i love about this game though it does have the enemy behavior from the first game yeah once you get into the first mutant den like you oh this is why they called it rage because they kept that sort of you know the, the the sort of the trademark rage thing where you're like the, the crazy bald guy running at you and flipping off the walls and they'll that, run the, on the walls the mutants, run on the mutants railings. fight like that they'll fight from the ceilings when they leap they leap like 15 or 20 feet. Yeah. And also to his credit, if you, if you shotgun them in the, in, in the middle of the air when they're leaping at you, they, they, fly, back, they fly back and stop and it's very satisfying. It feels so good. It feels so, so good. Um, and everything you do ties into some kind of extra thing that lets you upgrade something. Like, like you, you never, it, it, the biggest contrast with Days Gone besides the fact that the shooting works properly is that um, you always feel like what you're doing is, is driving you towards improving your character and upgrading, and like this, this, you know, the slog just isn't there. Yeah, and Matt was saying earlier about how you have to find three people that you work for, and that's absolutely accurate. And so once you kind of open up the map and you have all the objectives on the map, everything is color-coded. So each one of those three characters has a color assigned to them. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to figure out, okay, if I want to work for this girl or this guy, you can look at their color and you can look at the map and you can kind of string together a series of missions just by looking at the map. You can say, okay, well, I'm going to go all blue. I'm just going to go ding, 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 and take down five missions just for that guy. Mm -hmm. And you basically level up with each one of those three characters. And once you do, then that unlocks more upgrades for you that only that character can provide you. So if you want to access some of the abilities, you have to basically choose missions that will unlock that ability for you. You can't just say, oh, I just need five more points. No, you need specific points for that specific person that you're working for. I haven't had that happen. Yeah, you can't even open the trees. Well, you can't open the trees because you have to complete their first, the first mission to work right. for them. The one thing I do like you is you level that, up with each character. Yeah, but like their their unlocks or you, you, the points you use to unlock that stuff is universal. It's just project points, which you continually get for various things. Um, to to the game's great credit, you know, you you might take a while before you get up to the part of the map where you unlock some of these trees because yeah. some of those some, two of the characters are pretty far up there. Yeah, they're far north. But when you're doing things like the different characters have different things that like. Um, level up their estimation of you and then when you level up their estimation of you you get project points that you can spend on anything but like that's how you get like 
you know, three at once uh, when you, when you level up like that. Like it's, it's like a reputation bar almost. Yeah, it's so a like, multiplier. So like when you like when you get um, when you pick up data pads, that levels up like the doctor guy. His, his estimation of you. And yeah. then, like, when you clear roadblocks, the trader is happy yeah. and that kind of thing. But then, like, when you go to upgrade, so, so, but, but those upgrades, like those, those reputation things, even if you haven't met the character, you still get them when you're doing those things. Oh, interesting. So, like, I had already, le- like, filled the bar on the doctor guy, like, three times by the time I found him. But I had been getting the points, the upgrade oh, points. Oh, that's good. Um, beforehand, because you can use those points on anything. I didn't use them on his stuff because I'd spent them already. But like the fact that like doing his thing does not activate when you meet him in the quest, it's always there because otherwise you're cheated out of points. Right. right? You'd be doing stuff and not getting rewarded for it. So I, I, I've certainly played games that would not have been as friendly about that. So yeah. I appreciated that. That they know that like some people are just not going to want to beeline up through the whole map and go and do some stuff and explore. But you're not missing out on anything by doing that, by not, but, except for the fact that you can't unlock those abilities, and some of those abilities are real good. Yeah. Um, the doctor's abilities, in particular, are very useful, and if you're if you're interested in clearing out the the optional objectives on things, because they let you see where stuff is. Yep. Uh, and then additionally, there are races, organized races, where yeah. you literally do laps around a track. There's a Smash TV type arena yeah. thing that you can play, which was in which is in the first one. It was, which yeah. is funny. Like when I came around, I recognized it from the because it's the same town from the first Wellspring. Uh, yeah, and I came around. I'm like, oh, I know where this is. This is this is the arena thing. Cool. Yep. So there is um there is some of that. The uh, the the vehicle combat is way better. Yeah, than the first I still one. don't do much of it. I don't do much of it, but I didn't do <laughs> like, I did hardly any of it in the first one because yeah. it was your thing was so fragile and it cost so much. To, but now it's like everything's very player friendly and you know you can. The enemies on the road don't even really attack you. No, only if you go after them. Yeah, like they'll be fighting each other and let us drive past you and I just mean, keep going. I mean, I appreciate that because if I'm going somewhere, I got somewhere to be. I don't I don't necessarily want to get bogged down in a bunch of vehicle combat. But how do you like the roving uh, salesman? Oh, the trader guy? Yeah. I haven't actually interacted with him. Oh, yet. you haven't? No. I've so, seen him, but I haven't I haven't bought anything from him. So if you're not in a town, there's a guy who drives around in what looks like an ice cream yeah, truck. Yeah, it's like a little ice cream and truck. And if you honk your horn, he'll stop, and then basically that's a vendor that you can buy stuff from, which is kind mm. of a different way to do things. Yeah. Handy. He reminds me a little bit of the the merchant from Resident Evil 4, <laughs> where he just like kind of pops up places. You're like, where the hell did you come from? Like he's kind of like that. Like you're just driving down the road by yourself, and next thing you know, here comes the ice cream truck. So here's the big question, and the question everybody wants to know. It, it just came out today. Should people buy it? No multiplayer at all. Yeah, I mean that doesn't bother me. I know, but, obviously, but for, um, it will affect someone's purchase decision. Yeah. Did Rage have multi- Rage didn't have multiplayer? Did yeah, it did. Did it? Yeah. Just was like it? races, I think it was. That's where it was car stuff. Yeah. That's right. Um, I mean, I'm happy with it, but I'm only three hours into it. Yeah. And maybe in you know another ten hours, I'll be sick of it. But I don't think so. Like, I feel like I'm always going to want to go shoot things in this game, as long as they're willing to let me. Uh, I am already sort of feeling the 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 bore of the between the you know, the transit. Yeah. But you know, I, you I can, look. You can fast travel, by the way. We should have mentioned yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Um, I mean, I, I basically am like beelining to those three characters to unlock the, the trees and also unlock the fast travel to their locations. Because once you get their locations fast travel, tra- fast travelable, you have pretty good access to all the corners of the map. Yep. Um, I feel pretty good about it. Like I like it. Um, it feels really good to play. It does. Um, and as a gameplay first guy, I'm loving it. Yeah. But and, I'll say uh, this: people who buy games for story. 
and yeah, things like it's that. Not, it's not what you're here you for. You steer clear of this game. And again, it's not it, for you. It is. Gr I mean, look, I'm. I have a very high tolerance for gore and and unpleasantness and nonsense like that. We've we've had that conversation about Mortal Kombat fatalities before. But and so this doesn't bother me. But you're right; it's a very grotesque. Game. It's just gross. Yeah. The game is just gross. Is. That's the best way to describe it. And I think it's intentional. I think they are yeah. really trying to be kind of you know. Off, you it just is off-putting. It's it is. not a. It's not an enjoyable aesthetic. No, and it's not an enjoyable world. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a terrible place that you would it really never, is. Yeah. You'd never want to be, even by like video game world standards. Yeah. It's a. It's a really nasty location they've chosen. To but like it fits like what they're yeah. with what they're trying to do. It does. And I do love like there's a lot of like you know debris everywhere. Like every time you run over anything or hit anything, like you feel junk it. flies everywhere. Panels fly off walls when you throw grenades. Like you you feel. I mean, there, it, for, there are even bumps on the road yeah. that you'll be driving down the road and all of a sudden your buggy just gets tossed like ten feet off to the side of the road. Like it is an unpredictable yeah. game. Uh, armor flies off people and like you know it it's so rewarding, man. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot Parts of, cool of it stuff. are so great. <laughs> yeah, like, like I don't say, think it's, I don't think it's in the game of the year conversation or anything. But no. like I'm in this in this middle, especially in the middle of this drought, it's oh, nice yeah. to have. What else you gonna like play? <laughs> yeah. And from that regard, I think it is worth a purchase. Like if you're a person who buys one game a month, yeah. this is a game you should buy for yeah. May. Yeah. Unless you just hate open world stuff. Or you just don't like shooters yeah. or whatever. I mean, for obvious reasons, some people But even as someone it, who's but... not particularly enamored of shooters these days, I think this is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the challenge levels just yeah. right. And like adding in the, the superhuman abilities and like all that stuff kind of keeps things interesting and like that, I, I enjoy that. The constant upgrading is cool. There's like, you can upgrade the guns, you can upgrade your abilities, you can upgrade... You know, new abilities you can upgrade. I mean, there's there's like five different ways to upgrade things. You upgrade the vehicles. You can do. I mean, there's there's Everything. all these ways to change things and upgrade things and customize it the way you like it. Almost too much. It it's to on the borderline. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I don't. So far, it hasn't crossed that for me. But we'll see how we'll see how much of a grind that becomes later on. Yep. Um, but I have enjoyed my time playing this game yeah. with the controller in my hand more than I thought I would. Really. Yeah. I mean, I had hopes for this game, but I it. it, it Pretty much came through. Yeah, I had played it at last year's E3, and I had just kind of got a taste of the combat. I don't know if you remember or not, but mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh yeah, like this game is a blast to play." But what's going to happen with the rest of it? And I would say that the rest of it, it's not bad. It's not good. Mm -hmm. um, I think some people will like it more than others, but for me personally, I really didn't like it at all. But when I'm shooting enemies and their heads are popping off, it, I don't worry about anything else. So <laughs> if you can understand that kind of a logic, then maybe it'll help you uh, figure out whether you should buy it or not. It really is all about the experience with the controller in your hand, mm -hmm. um, which I don't think you would have ever got that from the marketing of the game leading up to launch. No, it's a, at the very least, it's a, good, uh, it's a good placeholder until Doom Eternal comes out. Yeah. In terms of just if you're after that kind of gameplay, yeah, and it does. I, I do think it's impressive that they managed to make something that feels like you know in the same ballpark as good as Doom. But it's not a circle strafe. Yeah, it's not a circle strafe. It's not. A, yeah. It's an open world game where you're yeah. doing stuff and like it doesn't. You know, it, it it is still the challenge is still there. Like you know, the health system is not there to like make life easy for you. Yeah. But it does. It feels like a good balance. Like. Yeah, like if it was a, if it had more compelling narrative and writing and characters in it, I think it would be a really really strong, you know, recommendation without any hesitation. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, as it is, it's just like if you want to if you want to feel really nice shooting, and decent everything else. Yeah. There you there go. There you go. How do you think this game's gonna do? I have no idea. 
Like Bethesda I really don't really, know. really needs a hit, man. They do. Uh, really bad. I mean, I feel like this should do pretty well, but like the history of every, everything that's not Fallout and Elder Scrolls for them just seems not to be pretty. this constant under, underperforming disaster. And if you, I think the Metacritic's below an eight now too. Oh, is it? That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Honestly, that's not necessarily pretty wrong. accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Like if I were reviewing this on a seven to ten scale, it would get seven point five ish, something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe a little higher. Yeah, I think prob- the Metacritic on is pretty accurate. I'd probably go closer to an eight yeah. at this point. But again, I'm I'm very early into it, and I might be more sick of it later. Yeah, it, it wears on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, like you know, I'm way farther than you, and I'm still loving the gunplay just as much as 73. you. Seventy three. Seventy three. Wow. Ouch. It's better than that. Yeah, it is better than that. Yeah. Having played a lot of it is, is better than that. Um, so there you go. The, the ratings are harsh these days. With they, the, between this and Days Gone. Oh, GameSpot is, gave it a six. Wow. GameSpot has returned to the way it was when I worked there back in 2000 and 2001. Like, it's gotten tough on scores out of, out of nowhere for whatever reason. I don't know if maybe they got a new uh, head of editorial there or something, but seems mm-hmm. like they've been really tough on games the last couple months. But... Uh, but yeah, there you go. We'll probably return to this game after Matt spent more than three hours. At least we'll, we'll at least mention it a little bit in next week's mm-hmm. episode. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe something happens and the game is 50 hours long. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, it might be. You, you kind of know when things are. It might be up. if you do everything. Yeah, that's not really the same thing. I would never do that. So, and I don't I do would. that in other games that take me 60 hours to finish mm-hmm. them. So, uh, you can always trust me to play the same amount of every game. <laughs> I do wonder if there's going to be any kind of like DLC or anything. There's supposed to be like new missions, right? Yeah. Like later in the summer, there's like one thing and then something yeah. in the fall. They haven't talked about it a ton though. No. But I would, you know, if, if they're very combat focused, I would play more. Yeah, probably. for sure. If they're combat focused, I'm there. All right. It's time for our trailer of the week. It was one of those weeks where I had to actually like choose instead of just saying, here's the one good one for a game that we're not talking about on the show. There were lots of good trailers this week, but... I decided on the new Oddworld game because we got a teaser trailer for it like a year ago, maybe maybe longer, and it was all CG and it didn't show the game at all. Well, we got a brand new gameplay trailer for it that shows the game. Before you watch it, do you think it's going to be side-scrolling or do you think it's going to be 3D? I don't care. Let's roll it. <laughs> There you go, Matt. It's side-scrolling. Do you think that's the right call? I don't know. How big of a release is it? 
I mean, it's a lot of sides the going. next Odd World game. Yeah, well, what does that even mean? Uh, you know, as well a, as anyone. Yeah, but I. What, has, in when, 2019? When was the last time? Not a lot. When was the last time Oddworld <laughs> was relevant? I hate to say it, but. The, that series kind of peaked with Stranger's Wrath for me, and I don't yeah. really expect it to get back up there again. Um, pl- I mean, there's plenty of side scrolling indie games these days, but yeah. I don't know. If, if, is Oddworld trying Oh, they're to be, even higher than that with this game, absolutely. But Oddworld's trying to be like a AAA thing, or like, I don't know. like. Yeah, or at least somewhere kind of in between. Like, yeah. it's not going to sell for, like, 20 bucks. It's going to be, like, closer to 60 than 20 I think. Mm. I don't know. There, you can tell you have a lot you of marketing. You want to talk about budget. a game that I don't like looking at? It's those games. No, I agree. Like, That's I, another example of a game that just, like, repulses me. Where I just yeah, don't... I've never, the art style, I've never found them... Me either. Not that they're bad games. I've liked yeah. some of them. But, like, I just, I just find them repulsive, the yep. characters in those games. I agree. Which, I, which might be intentional. I don't know. Yep. Although I feel like Abe is supposed to be cute, and he's not. None of them are. Nothing yeah. in that franchise is cute. I wouldn't think so. Maybe somebody believes it. I'm sure there are, you know, there's, I don't know. Somebody does. <laughs> it's not guaranteed somewhere. Somebody out there is a stuffed Abe. Yeah, it's like bed. you see the pictures of the people with the ugliest dogs. <laughs> like, they, they love the dog. Yeah. So there you go. All right, it's time to thank our sponsor once again. DeShazer Ryan Realty. The Shazer Ryan Realty has been leading Northwest Montana real estate sales for over 30 years. It's family owned and operated with the knowledge to help you find your own unique piece of Montana. Visit www.deshazerryanrealty.com and there you will find every property currently listed for sale in Montana. Or call 406-293-7706 and ask for Doug to get the ball rolling. Doug is a sifter, by the way, so you're calling a friend. Um... Enjoy breathtaking mountain views of Montana on three and a half acres and less than 10 minutes from town. The property borders a county-maintained road with access to tons of wildlife. It's priced to sell at $39.9, so give them a call. If you aren't able to relocate to God's country, don't worry, sifters. Doug DeShazer specializes in finding you the perfect real estate agent for the job, no matter where you live. He's facilitated home and land sales in California, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and many other states. Feel free to email Doug with any questions at DeShazerMT at gmail.com. That's DeShazer Ryan Realty at DeShazerRyanRealty.com. Thank you very much for our sponsors for making this episode possible. And now it's time to get to some Q&A. You got one queued up? Uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's give thanks first to everybody who subscribed via Twitch Prime. Too Faust for you, thank you. Justin Horman, thank you for the millionth time that you've done it. We appreciate it. Majora Tom, thank you very much. Thanks to all you guys for subscribing via Twitch Prime. Veritas. Oh, Veritas. With the seven, right? Yes. Yep. Thanks, Veritas. Um, W. Matthew, since I know the two of you are big Star Wars games, ex- Star Wars gamers, excluding Fallen Order, what is your most anticipated game post E3? That's a Star Wars game? It's not, he says excluding Fallen Order. So Fallen Order doesn't count. Oh. He doesn't want us to pick Fallen Order because it's too easy. Oh, because he knows we're big Star Wars fans. Yeah. Our most anticipated game is coming out this year or just in general? Post E3, I assume that means this year. Oh, well, let's, jeez, where do you even start? I mean, for me, if, it, if it's coming out this year, it would be Ghost of Tsushima. Um, yeah. But, but, but all we have on that is rumors. Yep. Um, I, I mean, there's so many. Last of Us Part Two, Metroid Prime Four. Again, I mean, are we saying like no? Like, he, I mean, he's, it's I think coming he out in the next year. twelve months or this he year. He means this year. I oh. think. Well, that Ghost Recon game, if it actually turns out to be what I think it might be, that would be one of them. But it probably won't. So. Nah, yeah. Good, good luck. Um, <laughs> 
I mean, probably of what's announced that we know of that has an actual date attached to it, probably Pokemon for yeah. me. Um, but I'm very interested in Watch Dogs 3. Um, I'm interested to see how they reinvented that because I don't think they took as long as they did uh, for nothing. Yeah. It's been five years. Yeah. Um, so uh, I got my, you know, but we'll have to see it at E3 to find, to find out. So I think, but right now of, of what's actually, actually announced, uh, I think Pokemon... I have tons. Like, uh, Pokemon, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I would say, if I went platform by platform, I'm probably more excited for the Switch lineup for the rest of the year than any other platform, which I'd, I'm shocked to say, but I think it's true. Because you have Pokemon, you have Fire Emblem, you have Animal Crossing, you have Luigi's Mansion. It it has a really good lineup for the rest of the year. Um, all it's really well, missing is... Also, we is, know it. Right, yeah. And like, it's, it's, it is missing a Mario or a Zelda, though... Rumors are starting to swirl that Zelda, the remake is going to come out, like, next month or something. So, Oh, the, the Link's Awakening? Yeah. So, well, then there's the Link to the Past that popped up in some store listing yeah. a while ago. Yeah. So Switch has a really good rest of the year. But then there's tons of, like, Gears 5. I'm excited for Gears 5. Like, Gears, to me, Gears of War 4 was better than Halo 4. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And so my anticipation is that with Gears 5, it makes the leap that Halo 5 honestly really didn't make. It made it mm-hmm. multiplayer, but not really in the campaign. Uh, so I have faith that the next Gears is going to make a pretty good jump from Gears 4, and Gears 4 was pretty damn good. Uh, it's like, it has like an 8.7 Metacritic, so I'm pretty excited for Gears 5, to be honest, and we just kind of got a leak of the box art, and there's rumors that its release date is September 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm That's pretty excited early. for that. It is early. I'm pretty excited for that. I'm excited Makes for... Makes you wonder what, like, Microsoft's got for the rest of the fall. Yeah. They usually have something in November. It usually... I mean, it has Forza, right? Yeah. Next Forza Motorsport. The Sim. I thought, they were, of... I thought they were skipping that. Are they? I thought they were skipping a year with that. I didn't, I didn't hear that. Hmm. Yeah. It would know. be out of character for them to do that, but maybe. How many of these can you release? I know. Especially Sims, man. It's like, once you have all the cars and the tracks, like, what else can you do? Maybe that's why you heard that they're going to skip a year. They, need, mm. they probably should. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for Gears. I mean, honestly, I think the big X factor for me is, like, PlayStation. Yeah. It's like I said, Ghost of Tsushima is Or if The Last of, of Us list. Part Two comes out, obviously I'd be excited for that. Yeah. I mean, I still rank Ghost of Tsushima above Last of Us, but, like... That's a tough one. But, that, I mean... For me, they're probably on equal footing for different reasons. Last of Us could very well be the better game, but Ghost of Tsushima I am more curious about. Yeah. So like, I think it's more in your wheelhouse, yeah. in all honesty. Um, but other than that, like, if those games don't come out, like, it's going to be another empty Q4 for PlayStation yeah. exclusives. I mean, it seems like, I mean, the, they already were tweeting today about Last of Us entering its final phase of production. Yeah. It feels like they could release it this year if they wanted to. I mean, there's been, like, three leaks that is coming out this year in the last two months. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that doesn't mean it's true, but... I don't think we're seeing usually when they're but... Usually when there's smoke, there's fire. Not always, yeah. but usually. Like, I don't think we're seeing Death Stranding this no, year. No, no, I don't either. But Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us, I think, have are possibilities. Chance, definitely. Um, but other than that, I mean, we are getting to the wind down of the generation here. Where it, this E3 will be telling. Mm-hmm. This, this is where you'll see, okay, are publishers going to hold this stuff to make a splash with the next mm-hmm. consoles? Because we know they're going to play on both. We know that already. But are they going to hold them to make the splash with the next consoles? Right. Well, I'll, I'll bet we'll just be like what's always happened. Um and uh, Ubisoft will show something that is just mysteriously really advanced. 
And they won't and say. Tells us, yeah. Here's what things could look like in the future. Yeah. It's like, oh, what, what hardware okay. could this be on? I don't know. Yeah. They do do that. They do yeah. that a lot. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Microsoft plays this. Yeah. Um, will they go for broke or will they hold their cards to their chest? Like, you know, you could go either way. An argument could be made either way. I would say, considering the last few years they've had, you probably want to go for broke. Yeah. You know, just to like really, you know, set some fireworks off. Because like Microsoft hasn't had the spotlight, hasn't been able to kind of gain the spotlight at E3 for a long time because they've been overshadowed yeah. a lot. Look, they and have to show Halo Infinite. They, they have ha- to show it. Yeah. I don't see how you get away without. Yeah. They have to. Without doing that. Yeah. Yep. So. You can't just show Gears and Gears Funko Pop again and call that a day. Like you have to. You have to give us some Halo. You have to give us some of the future. Even if you don't show the system or talk too much about the system, you have to give us some stuff that's coming. You have to tell us what these, all these different developers you bought last year are working on now. Like I think there's there's there's, there's some real potential here, and I hope they don't blow it. Uh, let's see. Uh, from Vincent, what would you want to see in the Mario Maker Two Direct tomorrow to make you interested? Is simplicity good enough in a post-Dreams world? Um, I mean, I don't need to be shown anyone else to be interested. I like Mario He Maker. may have directed that one at me. I think so. Yeah, you were more <laughs> skeptical about it. I just don't like 2D platformers anymore, to be perfectly honest. I'm just completely burnt out on them. I've been playing them since Pitfall. Like, I just, I don't know. I just don't get excited for them anymore. Um, I still enjoy playing some of them. Like, I played, I enjoyed playing Yoshi's Crafted World. I had fun with that while I played it. But I don't get excited or, like, anticipate them. So, to answer your question, it would have to be a 3D Mario Maker to get me excited about Mario Maker. Hmm. Like, any 2D is just not going to do it. If they made, if they gave me the ability to build my own Super Mario 64 or my own Super Mario Galaxy, I'm there. I mean, I think his point is valid. Like, I think Dreams makes the argument that you could make that game now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Dreams proves that you can do a 3D game maker that people can really work with with very powerful tool sets. Did you see the guy remaking Metal Gear yeah. Solid in Dreams? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. You see, he got a perfect 10. What did? Uh, Dreams. No. From uh, Someone reviewed it? Somebody reviewed it. Was it Eurogamer? Wow. He got a perfect 10 from like a crazy Whoa, play. Whoa, that's good for your it. fantasy team. Oh, yeah, it seems like my fantasy. <laughs> I think it's an alternate, though, isn't it? I don't know. I, I think it's remember. on your starting team. Yeah, I think you're right. It yeah, didn't. I think you took it. That's great for you. That's I'm true. surprised. I didn't think of that. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. Let's get a couple more in before we head out. Um... Official PlayStation Magazine UK. Oh. Well, yeah, not, quite, <laughs> not quite as impressive, but still. Definitely nowhere near as impressive. I as knew it was in Europe. <laughs> yeah, you got that part right. Um, I got the hemisphere right. Uh, Don Lionheart apparently showed up uh, a little late. He's asking us about the yeah. Apple question. We actually, Don, we actually talk about that on the show, and people gave us crap for it because it wasn't game related and we didn't know what we were talking about. So have fun with that one. Yeah. Uh, is this Glorious War uh, with Sony? Working on many different IP holders, e.g. E. Iron Man and Predator, what IP holder should they work with next? I would like Guerrilla Games to work on a fantasy IP, maybe a Wheel of Time game. Well, Guerrilla Games is going to be making Horizon games for about the next 10 years. Yeah, so. they're already working on the sequel for that, so they're definitely not going to be... No. Um, 
like IPs I wouldn't mind seeing given the Sony treatment. Um, I mean, Wheel of Time's not a bad choice. Uh, I never got through many of those books, but... Uh, Game know, of Thrones! Well, it's, Game of Thrones is over. It doesn't matter. I'll still play a Game of Thrones. Give me a AAA, big-budget Game of Thrones game. I'm all over it. All over it. And you keep doing that, they're going to announce Dynasty Warriors Game of Thrones. I would play that still, sadly. Yeah. I would is. cry while I was playing it, but I would play it. <laughs> Jon Snow's going to have huge anime eyes. <laughs> I mean, that's the most obvious answer. Like, why is there not a big-budget... Triple A. Oh, no, I don't think that's what Shane wants. Shane, game of Thrones. Shane does not want a From Software Game of Thrones game. That's not. <laughs> that, no, that would. That would be some kind of existential torture. Talk about crying while playing yeah. right there. <laughs> that's like, that's like, it's like if you die and go to hell, that's what your hell is. You're going to play the Game of Thrones because game. Because I would want to like it so much. And it was so made by much. Miyazaki in a terrible mood. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, let's see. You we can't have... see your stamina bar. It's just hidden, but it's there. Uh, uh, we'll finish it off with uh, Joaquin Dragoon. Any Final Fantasy game that you have enjoyed playing? Uh, I like 6 and 12 very much. And while I hated 13, I thought 13 2 was okay. Okay. But I like time travel nonsense. So, and that was all 13 2 was. I like all the 2D Final Fantasies, all of them. And then. Even 3? Like the 3 3? I mean, that's. Low, but still, I liked it. Like the one that didn't. I, three was hard for me because, like, three, two, and three were hard because they didn't come here until so much later. Right. Yeah. And like, they were all kind of they're kind of archaic by then. Yeah. Like, but I could see, like, you know, where they. I know. still enjoyed them. But I, I for a long time I liked five a lot. Five was one of my favorites for a long time, and then there's a point at which it just became too tedious for me. Um, but I still I think six is the second best RPG on the uh, Super Nintendo. The best being Chrono Trigger. Yeah, um, and I would actually argue that Square has never, never surpassed Chrono Trigger in terms of RPGs. I think there's other people who would agree with you on that. Um, I, I don't also... think that's a super controversial opinion. Yeah. But uh, Chrono Trigger is just Chrono Trigger is better than any Final Fantasy in my book. I also liked eight and nine. Um, I like nine. I think eight is really stupid, but I did enjoy it. I liked both of them, and then that I might thought, be it for me. <laughs> I thought eight had good spectacle to it for the time. Yeah. Um, Ten. Of all the 3D ones, like, I haven't really liked any no. of them. No, 10 was the first Final Fantasy I didn't finish, because I just... It was also gigantic. ...stopped caring at a certain point. Um, I really like 12, uh, even though it's very different from the normal series, but I, 12 is probably my second favorite game in the series. Wow. Um, I, I liked how they brought it into the kind of an, like the MMO-style stuff. Um, I liked that it's basically a remake of Star Wars... Um, I like that it's an Ivalice. I love the Ivalice stuff. Uh, it's a shame they didn't let that team continue to continue to exist, let alone make more Final Fantasy games. Oh, does Tactics um, count? No, I, th- I mean, it could, but I, I don't like that game very much. Really? Even though it is Ivalice. Uh, wow. I I'm surprised you... You're the first person I met that doesn't like it. I don't... I, I was a Shining Force and Fire Emblem fan, and, like... I, I don't I don't find tactics interesting at all. I like I like Final Fantasy Tactics... I like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. I like that. Did they tweak some stuff for yeah, it? Yeah, they're bigger groups, and like wow. it felt better. Like the way I never even played the GBA but, but but the, the the original PlayStation One game. There's only five characters. It felt like really small. I didn't you know it was, it was hard to find two like four squares next to each other. The computer agreed were really next to each other. Like the, the terrain level thing, I thought was annoying most of the time. 
there was like the weird things where like there's just elements of the game that didn't make any sense. Like you can ride a chocobo, okay? Well, I've just annihilated a fifth of my total firepower by replacing a character <laughs> with a freaking bird. Like, what am I doing that for? And to, to, for me, I just, I just prefer like the, the, the turn-based strategy RPG stuff. I prefer a larger army. Like, I I, like, like Final yeah. Fantasy, uh, not Final Fantasy, uh, uh, Fire Emblem and Shining Force are always my picks on that. So it just didn't do anything for me. I did think Final Fantasy Tactics has an excellent story for what it, what it is. Yeah, uh, kind of an epic like. Almost Game of Thrones esque yeah. in, in terms of how political it is, yeah. and it has extraordinary music. Yeah, um, it's a good game. Yeah, but like Final Fantasy, I'm not a huge fan of the series. I think six, I'm is, not six is the best. Like, Twelve every t- every six games they knock it out of the park for me. I'm waiting <laughs> so wait for, for Final, 18. Final Fantasy 18. Going to be great, <laughs> man. Uh, I hate I hate 15. I haven't played the MMOs. I also don't think the MMOs should be numbered, but that's just me. Hey, Joaquin Dragoon, I think you just gave us bits. Thank you. They look like Christmas trees, but I think they're bits. And he gave us dogs, too. <laughs> so I guess you can replace the bits with other icons. Mm. Thank you, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, that's it. That's going to do it for Game Face, episode 168. Like I said, look on our Patreon in the next couple days. We're going to be doing a Loot Crate box drawing in the next couple days. And again, there's going to be two more winners this month. So uh, good luck to you guys with that. Um, E3 is right around the corner. We're going to start doing our E3 previews uh, starting next week. We're going to go publisher by publisher and get you primed and ready for the show. And I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Next week might be tough. Yeah, I don't know. Because we're in like the grace period now until E3 where like nothing of consequence is coming out. I will definitely bring Rage back next week to talk about that a little bit after Matt's had more of a chance to... We can only hope that Randy Pitchford does something else crazy. Yep. (laughs) That's absolutely right. So thanks to everybody who's on the stream. Thanks for the bits. Thanks for the the, uh, Twitch Prime subscriptions. We really appreciate it. Have yourself a great night. Game Face is up and out. (laughs) 